Hello and welcome to Solo Calling the Audible. I'm your host and your only host, Iggy Magnets here tonight on the show. You still have your silhouette cutout of a person. Someone, people. Maybe people will show entity. up. Entity. Will show up and, um, and dive into the last week of FPF. Last days. Oh, yeah. It's true. And we've been abandoned by the crew. Yeah. They're just like, Iggy, take the reins. You, uh, you're going to be doing this in the fall. So here's your, your practice round. And here it is. So be it. Um, welcome to the show. Uh, I am joined by Eagle at Master Control. This is where I would normally play the <sighs> Eagle sound. There it is. Um, on the show, though, we will have uh, a lot of special call-in guests who will be uh, appearing throughout the night. So stay tuned uh, for your division. See if you have a division uh, caller, a guest coming on to the show. Uh, but let's get started uh, right away as it, I'm faking my way. I, uh, it looks like I uh, have my laptop open because I do, but we're having internet problems, so I'm going off of my phone. Um, so we begin with announcements like we always do, Eagle. Uh, Eagle, the Fall Cup's coming up. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, announcements will be coming Almost by next week, uh, next week, or if not next week, the week after of uh, times, dates, locations, caps. We're already getting some emails coming through about cap questions and all, and what division can I throw in and, and whatnot. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually don't think I was at the last staff meeting, so I don't have the latest update on that. But <laughs> it was none. <laughs> no, there we go. Yeah. That explains it. Yeah, but uh, that is in the planning process right now. Uh, yeah. Normally, we aim usually around the first week of playoffs to have the information available in terms of what's coming next um, as a spoiler. And we talked a little bit about it last week. Mm. It's what you would expect. There will be multiple divisions in the men's division, yeah. likely four. Yeah. There may or may not be a co-ed or a women's division. We're figuring that out. No, there will. There may be may, two co-ed divisions. That's why I said tiers, may or may not. Tiers. we got to figure out what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, the caps will likely be very close to what they were as before. The regulations will likely be what they were before with a minor tweak or a new rule change. We'll be testing out the whole stuff. So uh, field locations are always TBD. Every year they switch up, obviously without having Catalonia available to us anymore. It's a little bit unfortunate, but we're going to figure out the logistics behind it. The days of the week it'll be available is something we also have to figure out. So, you know. Things we want to just make sure we have locked down on our side before we make any announcements we have to kind of roll back or reverse yeah. course on, and uh, that's the yeah. whole planning process. Yeah, usually the fall, even though, uh, and we've systemically split it kind of into two seasons in the past, right, where there's like the first four games, the second four games, uh, even the schedules kind of split into two seasons where the first half of the season there's uh, some outdoor games still and then the second half after, like, October 10th, uh, there are no longer outdoor games and they're, they're kind of shifted to the indoors. Generally, there are Sunday games, Monday games, Wednesday games. Uh, there may be Saturday games coming up in the fall uh, because of, again, because of uh, Lachine closing down. Uh, there may be one field and one field location uh, where there are Saturday games. So... Uh, that's been uh, usually Saturdays have not been included in the Fall Cup. Uh, look out for that as uh, something new. Just like this season, there were morning games. There may be even afternoon games, 12 to 3. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, 
in the Loyola Dome, perhaps. Ugh, Loyola Dome. Yeah, twelve to three. I gotta Our go to junior NBG. Shit. Yeah, twelve to three. Saturday or Sunday, one of those. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Not a fan. I get, I get how some people aren't living out here. I'm in the a classic East. loyalist of schedule two and everything. Nine, I don't like these afternoons or mornings or outdoors. I want my like indoor Catalonia Sunday 9 p.m. game. All right, that's the, that's what I'm looking for. But yeah, not yeah. over NFL playoffs. Well, you want everything here, Golden yes. Boy. All right, that's uh, some announcements there. Of course, um, with the Fall uh, Cup. Coming up, there are ratings, uh, adjustments uh, coming up as well with uh, usually a, a few days after the regular season ends, as we talked about last week. Uh, For those who may not have gone through a rating review before, here's generally how it works. You wake up one morning, you have a new number next to your name. Only if you switch to the uh, the new tab Correct. season yeah. at the very top. Yeah. So basically, uh, based on your performance, the division you play in, and a variety of other factors of which I refuse to tell anyone on the staff what they actually are, there is a linear regression model that gets ran against you as a player, and a score is generated for the season that just passed. So this will be your spring rating that will be evaluated. That rating is then combined with former ratings in your history of a player in the league with different weights applied to different seasons, depending on how recent or past they are. And different and divisions. You, yeah, all that stuff. And you either go up or down based on your current rating for a new rating that will apply for the Fall Cup. If you don't hit any of the thresholds to get reevaluated, you keep the same rating as the previous year until you hit a season where you have the uh, value reached in order to get a reevaluation. I'm That's looking. It. I'm looking at you, Brandon Vickers. <laughs> I don't know how you stayed at 55, <laughs> 200 I, yards, three I TDs. I do. I do. Just yeah. <laughs> criteria. Criteria were, were not, not met. met. Uh, That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh, again. Double check the finals times. They're actually uh, breaking news. Brossard may, at the last second, uh, have a change of location for us. What? Maybe. Where last, they're like, the city of Brossard is like, we forgot to book something. We're like, we paid. We're going to see what's happening. Those games may be shifted to Stade de Montréal. Well, that'll be same interesting. Day. But same day, Sunday. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Still fun, though. Yeah. Closer to home for me, actually. S- setup's different. Yeah, setup's a little bit different. Yeah. We'll make it work. Yeah. We've done it before, which we is have the good done news. It yeah. Yes, we've done it before, and it's worked out fairly well. Um, and, and then also we mentioned it last week. For any of the divisions that are there, if you go to the standings tab... On the playoff breakdown, we've now finalized embedding the brackets everywhere. Once we actually have the teams locked in, these will have the correct names Team of names. the teams to, to break down the entire brackets and get it all structured in place. And then to play in, of course, the playoffs, uh, double-check your rosters. Make sure you have five, count it, five games played on uh, your roster sheet uh, because that makes you playoff eligible. If you uh, do not have five games and you play a game, well, you forfeit the game. So that sucks. No one likes that. That's not fun. And it makes our lives a living hell. Because then we got to reschedule shit. We got to come check with the scorekeepers. Someone's going to argue, oh, no, you actually were there in week six and he just wasn't counted. And we told the scorekeeper and he waved from the bench and his girlfriend was there. And look, I had this picture on Facebook. Guy, I don't care. You had four. Sorry. Sucks to be you. Bye.
We're going to start uh, the show <laughs> in uh, Division A. And Eagle, uh, we're going to have our first guest of the night, so we'll Ooh, find out yes. uh, who will uh, who that will be uh, very shortly here in a, in a few minutes' time. Uh, and we're going to talk with this person, uh, what everyone's kind of talking about and raving about and uh, the, the, the whispers going around Division A uh, about the final playoff seed which is still up for grabs uh in division a but first if he would ever answer his phone i gave him a two minute warning <clears throat> do you give a two minute warning when two minutes ago oh okay well there we go now we got a man hello what's up hello who are we speaking with come on now hey there he is yeah we all know who it is we know who it is <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing oh my god <laughs> hello you guys Brent. are good Hey, we're What's good. Going on? We're, we're good. We're good, Brent. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Are you, are you a little warm? Is it a little warm today for you? I mean, I just came from the pool. I'm not going to lie. I got a pool oh. in the backyard. So okay. just yeah. uh, getting some swimming in. Good times. That's that's perfect. That That is excellent material here for calling the audible. I'm sure the viewers will be uh, having a nice uh, little laugh as they're watching this uh, on, their, <laughs> either, good. on their phones or on their TVs, wherever they are, or, or the podcast, wherever they are. Uh, it's all good. You, you got to show a little chest sometimes. It's all there good. Go. Show a little there chest. It's cool. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Brent, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Division A uh, and what everyone's talking about. And uh, uh, the first thing you see when you look at the standings right now is uh, the final playoff spot, the, the, the battle for the eighth and final playoff spot. Uh, Star right. City got a massive, massive win to help themselves uh, stay alive by beating the Braves. Mm -hmm. uh, Dan and company uh, somewhat salvaging a somewhat... Some would call it a bad season. Uh, yeah. Yet, the KGP and Bless game ending in a 28-28 tie uh, leaves both teams uh, still alive if they win out their last uh, game. Brent, how do you think Division A's uh, final playoff spot uh, will unfold? I mean, yeah, so you have, like, KGP against No Regard and Bless up as they're facing the uh, Jamisons, right? Jeff Rosenblatt and the crew. Ah, those let's are start, tough, man. Yeah, yeah let's okay. start with KGP NR. And one of the things that was brought up was that game is at ten in the morning uh, at Loyola. <laughs> yeah. How is hey, NR? How is NR gonna be uh, <laughs> showing up to that game? <laughs> I mean, if, if Lance Daniel was on the team, then I for, I'd say for sure they're not gonna show up. But he's uh, I guess he, he's an alumni now. Um, it's a good question. I mean, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, how do you how do you see okay. that game going down? KGP and our uh, 10 a.m. Sunday uh, Loyola. I mean, listen, they're the professionals, right? They 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 they've been in the league for a long time. They're the championship squad, a lot of experience. They're gonna show up, right? I mean, yeah. will yeah. they be special to Daisy? Maybe not, but I mean, they're gonna show up, right? It's yeah, we all pay to play in this league, right? So. In, in what condition? That's yeah, what condition? <laughs> that, that could be a question. But since that's we're calling them out, I have a feeling they're 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 gonna come and uh, they're gonna show up and be prime and ready to go. Right. Uh, they're a team. I mean, you look at no regard, right? I mean, they've struggled to score the last two weeks, less than 30 points, you know, against the party crashers against, uh, Royum, uh, Luminaire, who I, I, yeah. everyone knows is the Alpha T's. Um, uh, against KGP though, you know, I, I think no regards going to find a way to pull it out. Okay. I mean, they got They got They got it. They can't be backing into the, to the playoffs, right? I mean, you look at them overall, they're a team, this loss, I believe. Three out of the last four games, 
or four to five, actually, I think. So they're going to have to get a win to get some momentum, and I think they get it uh, Sunday morning. Okay, and then uh, the other matchup is uh, Blessed or Blessed Up. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, blanking on which one it is. Blessed uh, Up. Blessed Up. Up, yeah, against the Jamisons. That's going to be a tall task for uh, Steve Harrow-Prasad and the crew. Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, I was talking to Jeff yesterday, man. He, he was looking good. Um, I, told, I told him he had a chance to eliminate Steve, and he's like, oh, I, I do? He's like, I don't want to do that. I like Steve. He's a good guy. <laughs> Everybody likes Steve. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, man, you know what? I mean, on paper, it looks like the Jamesons should win it, but don't forget, right, the Jamesons are playing on Thursday, right, against the Party Crashers. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be two games in about uh, four, four days for um, – for the Jamesons, that's that's a good one, I think. Um, listen, Blessed Up has a good squad, right? Yep. They're they're coming off the tie against KGP. They beat the Party Crashers, right? They only lost by eight points to to uh, Royan Luminaire. So, yeah, they lost that game it, on the last play of the yeah, game on a hail mary. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah well, that's it, right? Think, that's yeah. it. And even you go back a little further, right? They lost by less than 10 to Star City. They lost by 10 points to the Braves. Right now, you can make the argument that Bless Up is the better team. And you know what? I'm going to pick them for the upset. I'm going to pick wow. them to it's my upset special. Okay. Upset special. So, you, so you have KGP missing the playoffs and uh, Star yeah. City and Bless Up uh, both making it. Yeah, sneaking in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. Brent, are you a, a beach guy or a pool guy? I hate sand, which is funny enough because I I I am going to the sandbanks in a few weeks and and uh, I've I've been to Miami, I've been to Cuba, I've been to Mexico. I like being on the beach because I hate the sand. So to answer your question, I'm more of a pool guy. I love water. I'm, I'm Aquarius, so like I love swimming. Yeah, I I y- y- it seems controversial what you said, but yeah, when sand's like on your feet in your you know like like a shower's the like most the the greatest thing you Makes want. Makes your after. gooch all like rough. <laughs> yes. Rough yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. Brent, uh, as the season went along, um, and of course we just talked a little bit about Star City. Um, what surprised you the most? Was it that Star City uh, is now waiting around to see if they make the playoffs or not? Uh, or is it that Joe Mayer has had his worst statistical quarterback year uh, in six years? Uh, he has a 108.9 QBR, the lowest it's been since the spring of 2017, where he had a 108.2. So one of the first or second seasons that he played in FBF. What surprised you the more uh, more between those two? It's a question. Uh, you know, I'm going to say Star City just for the simple fact that you look at this roster and you, you have the dynamic duo of Dallas, Lazare and AJ, right? I mean... I, I scored kept their game Sunday in like in torrential rain against uh, the All Stars. I mean, they had a lot of subs, but you know, D- Darren Wilshire. They they have a lot of talent on their team. It's obviously and Jerry Brabuff's another guy there. Um, uh, the, uh, 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 Jeans Lee, Alexi. There's a lot of speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of speed. They got they got some length. It's just a matter with these guys. Like, is getting guys to come every single game. Obviously, AJ was suspended the last two weeks. That doesn't help them in the least bit. But they, they have, regardless of who's missing, they, they have a top, they have an elite quarterback, they have elite playmakers, and the fact that right now, what, they're sitting three and seven, I think that's the biggest surprise. With Joe, with Joe Mayu, I mean, listen, it is a surprise, his, his, his struggles. He hasn't been horrible, just to his standards, he, he, yeah. he's been far below what we expect. But you look at it, right, I mean, um, look at who they're missing in Atlanta. George Garrett P, I don't believe he started the season with them, he was still hurt. 
Uh, one of the Pilon brothers is hurt. Right. They're missing yeah. guys. They're at tournaments all the time. Yeah. So for them, the, the lack of continuity is 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 for the entire roster versus just a couple of guys in and out of the lineup for Star City. Uh, Brent, I was looking at the uh, player stats in Division A, and mm-hmm. there's a, a new kid on the block, so to speak, uh, Ashton Thibault. Uh, first in touchdowns with, uh, I believe, 16, uh, and is second in yards with uh, 565. Uh, 17 touchdowns, so excuse me. Um, simple question. Is he winning Offensive Player of the Year? Yes or no? I mean, if, very, if you just go off of stats, yeah. I mean, he is a new kid on the block. He's kind of taking the lead by storm. I had him in my NFL comp article. Like at the top of my head, I, I can't remember who I comped him to, but I, I've I've seen him play a couple of times, and, and this, this guy can ball, right? I mean, right now he's what an 80 on offense, and means to say 76 on defense. I think it's pretty safe to assume for the fall cup or winter season, both of those ratings are going to go up. But his his numbers, like when I've watched him play, he's dominated. Like yeah, 17 TDs, right? I I say he's and and again, that's only in nine games, yeah. right? So I mean, I think that he should definitely win offensive player, offensive MVP, if you will. Yeah, it'll be a little close just because Pat Jerome and Sean Samurgeon have, well, more mm. Pat Jerome has put up similar numbers in yeah. seven games, right? So that could yeah. be that could come it's into the, the conversation. And that's really the only time, again, where games played come into the conversation. When the stats are similar, then you look at the games played. Did he do it in less games? Yes, then that take, gets taken into account. But, but don't confuse that. A lot of people confuse that with, Oh well, if had he played two more games, then he would be at 800 yards and 25 touchdowns. That's not the same thing without what we're talking about here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and listen, he he could play an extra game and and have maybe like three catches for like 50 yards, but no TD. So then that makes that that conversation move. But I, I would say what should factor into the equation is Pat Jerome is Pat Jerome, right? He's the greatest receiver yeah. in FBF. I don't think there's too much of an argument for that one, right? And you expect that out of him, Ashton Thibault, like you said, new kid on the block kind of unexpected. I, I, I would give slightly give him the edge. No disrespect to Pat, but I would give Thibault the edge just because it's we, we didn't expect it coming in. Also keep in mind, Ashton Thibault is playing in Stephen Harper's side's offense, which admittedly they've had a tough season, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. also very respectable. But I would make an argument that you know Stevie H likes to drive the field, take his time. Yeah. And so if you're Thinking averaging done. 11 yards per reception, that means you're playing the short game, but also you're that deep threat when he needs to too and everything, right? You're and playing that middle-intermediate layers on a consistent both. basis. And both getting yak well, yards too on his that, short yeah, yak, Exactly, exactly. He's catching. I, I played in a Stephen Harper side offense before. It is a lot of dinking and dunking. Very smart quarterback. Going deep. All game long is not a strong suit, so you're hitting the the, the shallow, the shallow crosses and that you're hitting the hooks and and you're relying on your receivers to to get yards after the catch, like you're saying, eagle with the yak yards, right? Yeah, and don't forget 52 receptions. That like to have 20 more than Jerome and uh, and Submergen, that uh, that's, that's saying, something. That's saying something as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two more questions here, Brent. Uh, quickly, yep. uh, Mo and I talked about this last week, uh, but we want your take on it. Uh, is it a bust season if the Jamisons do not make the finals in Division A? So I talked to Jeff last night, like I was saying, man, and obviously he's going to be on the call uh, for one of the broadcasts, and he was <laughs> saying, I hope I don't have to do it. So <laughs> I hope I don't see him either. Um, I would say, yeah, I remember talking to Jeff before the winter season finished. We were at, uh, it was the last time we were at Lachine, and he was saying like the roster he was putting together, he got right. Frankie Hold in there and a couple other big names he's talking about obviously bringing in uh, uh james james Ahay and, and and a couple other cats and 
he's like, this might be my best team ever. And yeah. so you look at his roster now, I, I think that's the case. And he's had some really good teams, so that's saying something, right? Yeah. So to answer your question, yeah, I, I think it would be a bust if, if they don't at least make the finals because they, they have a good team, and they, they should, honestly. All right, and then, Brent, just to wrap this up here, uh, I'm going to ask some questions to uh, – you're the first guest of, uh, of many tonight. As you can see, I'm alone here on the, on the show with Eagle. Um, but we want to get to know some of the personalities that, that come on. So um, we're going to be running a same-question poll to all of our uh, guests here tonight. So, um, Brent, a, give me a summertime refreshment beverage that you want to cool yourself off – Post game. So your options are you have an iced coffee, uh, a no. fruit smoothie, uh, a f- slightly frozen Gatorade. So it's a little like a slushy, but it's still it's still like uh, in liquid form. Uh, what flavor? Or, uh, whatever what, your 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 favorite okay. flavor. Okay. Or right. an ice or an ice cold beer. Oh, it's beer all day. Come on. Oh, now. there you go. So beer, beer, beer. <laughs> Well, that's one vote for Beer Eagle. You're going to be tallying this up as the night goes along. Please. This isn't even going to be close. No, I will. Watch. <laughs> Depending on our Smoothie's guests. not bad. Smoothie's not bad. I will say I'm a smoothie fan, but a beer's beer. Come on. Eagle, your vote, please. I mean, as much as, you know, maybe the Gatorade is tempting, I'm going with a beer, too. Like, come yeah. on, let's be real. Yeah. Okay. We're already at yeah. three. Come on. No, no, no. I, I won't. I won't. I, I won't vote. I won't vote. So we'll keep it close. Okay. Uh, I know okay. one person who won't select beer. So then I will I will save my vote for later when I can manipulate the results. In my uh, as you usually do. <laughs> Brent, thank you very much for joining the show. I appreciate it. Uh, have a good night. Enjoy that pool for me. Uh, it was, uh, I am. Yeah, it, was I a, am. it was a good day for it. <laughs> All right, boys. Be good. All right. Brent. Thank you, Brent. Bye. All right. All and right. That was our first guest of the night. That Call was all number one successful question mark. Yeah, he showed up without a shirt. Yes, that that's how he answered the call. Yes, that is an immediate success. Bad news, uh, is that SB51 or... Bad sus- news B51. Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I read that. I'm like, Super Bowl 51? Maybe he's like... Bad news, Super Bowl 51. <laughs> um, Reading's yeah. not your forte, clearly. Uh, it, it looks like... I also thought it was a 5, like 5B51. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. Thanks, Brent, for uh, your Division A coverage. Uh, he's been writing the articles for Division A and Division B. Um, but right now, uh, we're gonna shift over to Coed two and three. Um, so let's spoiler alert here. We'll uh, not be having a uh, a guest uh, for Coed two and three, as I will run through uh, the divisions, the latest happenings, and whatnot. Uh, so. Eagle, this was a question because we have to obviously ask or pose or no, I'm screwing this up majorly. Uh, I have to reveal who asked the question uh, because otherwise this would not be a proper Mo uh, Con segment here. Um, so Mo asked, uh, which quarterback would you trust more in having a deep playoff run? Uh, Vincent Chung or Jeans Lee Alexi? This is a it's a hard question to answer. It's a good question it, actually. It's a good question. It is. It's it's how you look at the matchups because I find especially in FPF and you'll see this in other uh, leagues as well but especially in areas where it's a one and done type of situation, it really comes down to the team you're playing and whether you can be ready for them and if they're a good matchup for you or not. If yep. you get a bad draw, you're really having to game plan appropriately for them. And so when you look at both these quarterbacks, 
they have different strengths and different weaknesses. And so it's very much matchup dependent in the way I would evaluate who would get the deeper playoff run. Let's start with Genesley Alexi. When I think of him, I think of pure athleticism. I think sure. of speed. I think of yeah. agility. I don't necessarily think of arm strength, no. ball placement, Wrong. or Wrong. any of that stuff. Wrong. So if you're a team whose defense is pure ball hawks that'll undercut everything, I think you're in a good position to play against him and basically cut his playoff run short. But that also requires you to have a defense that can contain over the time that he can buy in the pocket if he's running around or yeah. cut up field and you have to make the tackle and basically force him to have to go and throw the ball. That and be disciplined where if because what he's doing a lot now is running, rolling, rolling and oh, I'm going to run and then stop and throw the deep ball. So to be disciplined in when to draw back. Uh, or draw for for the tackle versus he didn't cross the line of scrimmage yet. I still have to cover my deep. My exactly. Deep. Versus when you look at Vincent Chung, I think his strength is the ball placement, the accuracy, trying to get it More to receivers so. in the right things, the concepts of the plays. Where he's not good at is the pressure, right? If he has a rusher in his face, I find he panics a little bit too much. And I find he has a hard time adapting to concealed coverages. If he doesn't read it pre-snap... I find he he takes a while for him to read what's going on, and then that's where the mistakes happen. That's where the balls float a little bit too much because it's thrown off the back foot. At least that's the way I, I kind of see the gameplay. So I'm looking at this not from a perspective of which one's going to have the deeper playoff run, mm -hmm. but which of those teams will likely hit more matchups that favor their play style or to play less into their disadvantage. So I also thought about this question, and then I'll, I'll give my analysis after, but... Forget the teams around them. Place Jeans Lee on any team and place Vincent Chung on any team who has the deeper playoff run. I would go with Vincent Chung, personally. Okay. I think Jeans Lee Alexi is too... I'm going to say this word. I don't mean it this way, but is too self-centered and selfish in a lot of ways. The game is entirely on his shoulders you and mean, the way he runs yeah. that team as a quarterback. Chung requires the rest of his team to step up and play with him, and he's simply the provider of the football to the scores. Versus Alex, he puts it all on him to basically produce the offense. It's, it's an unpredictable offense. It's run and get open in your eyes. I don't. I I agree with some of the statements you made. Yes, to describe his physical attributes of speed, skill, and and athleticism, definitely. He has definitely improved as a passer of the football. Can he throw deep? Absolutely. He's probably one of the best deep throwers of the football, other than if it, if deep balls have Fred Paquette Perot throwing. He's probably one of the best deep ball throwers in the division. His accuracy has gotten better. It's still not a super strength of his, but it has improved since probably the oh, last sure. time that you've seen him. Uh, he, he will tend to float a ball seven yards over to the middle of the field to a snapper. Is still a vulnerable uh, area in his game, but... The differences between the two are not as great as you think. Because Chung can also, and, and while I agree, his ball placement is better, his accuracy is better. It's not that far off as much as you think. And second, Chung can absolutely get away from any rusher in this division. Manu Alarwa, one of the better rushers in the division, had very much trouble guarding him and, and getting away and taking. He's like, oh, I have the right angle on him. And he's like, oh, no, I don't. Absolutely. He, he got around me. And, and, and Vincent Chung's speed is, is elite. It is hard to defend. And he's, while it's, again, not the level of, of athleticism and, and digging abilities as 
Jeans the Galaxy. He's 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 right after. He's right after. That. I just I think the way I'm looking at, and if you actually look at the stats, what you're describing reflects that. Right, Jeans Lee has uh, very few rushing attempts in comparison. Mm-hmm. He has 21 yep. attempts for about 350 yards or yep. so, something like that. Chung has 28 attempts for 283 right. yards, yep. but six touchdowns to go along with it. Right, so that right. makes a big difference. Sure. I just I'm looking at it from a point of view of Chung. Runs again. This is my perception. Yeah, 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 yeah. He runs yes when, when nothing else he is available. has nothing available, yes. or when, like I said, he can't read the coverage. Right. Jeansley runs by design, almost, almost, yeah. or, or by oh my god, I have nothing and scramble and go exactly. And so yeah. I find planning game planning again. This is the defensive version. It's harder game planning against a quarterback that you're expecting to throw, but because it can break off to an angle at any point is way harder than someone who, you know, is going to roll is going to try and buy time is going to try and find the hole. I, I much prefer knowing you're going to shift to one side or another. And I know how to contain and pressure you. Mm. Then I need you to respect the guy in your zone and not respect the run and give up the run every play or have to step up and take it. Like it's, it's easier for me to tell people what to do if I know what's coming versus the volatility of you can go either way. And I don't exactly know which one it is. So, uh, so you're going with Vincent Chung. Uh, I think both quarterbacks have developed, have increased their skill at the quarterback position. And I'm going to go with Jeans Lee Alexi because of the playoff uh, experience and the, the championship under his belt. It's something else to win a championship. Chung went to a Tier 4 final against the Penetrators with a three-possession lead going into the second half and lost that game. Jeans Lee Alexi, on the other hand, had his one two-possession lead against Benchwarmers in the tier two in the Coed 2 final, and he secured that victory for them, both offensively and defensively. So give me uh, Jeans Lee Alexi for a deeper playoff run. Fun. Yeah. Uh, maybe that was a clip, uh, perhaps. Um... This is another question from Mo. Mo did a lot of the heavy lifting here with the uh, with the script today. Uh, so thank you, Mo. Um, we shift our attention to the Vultures. Um, they had a nice 6-2 and two start to the season, uh, but lost their last two games, both against Kiss My End Zone and against the aforementioned Vince Chung in pick six. Um, are the Vultures... Did we a- expect them to win those games? I think that's the bigger question here. Uh, perhaps not against Kiss My End Zone, but against pick six... I thought they would make it more competitive. And they tried to get back into the game, uh, but Phil Roberts, and that's the topic here, he kept making mistakes uh, on top of his mistakes. Uh, even though the game was still within reach, um, if had he scored on a particular drive where it would have made it, a, I believe, a tie game, he threw once again an interception to Thomas Schulze, uh, underthrowing his deep balls most of the game. Um so that's the reason why they, they lost that. I thought that could have been close. Um, but do we trust uh, the Vultures and Phil Roberts? Can Phil Roberts figure out his quarterback play? Uh, or can Gigi Cabello Abante also um, replace the loss of Rachel Vallier? So let's talk a little bit about those two uh, things for the Vultures. So how here. much of that do you think is the lack of Rachel Vallier in this offensive system impacting Phil Roberts' ability to deliver the ball? Like, was nah, that not- was that the safety valve that he would no. rely on that's no longer there? I wouldn't say so, no. So then what's going the- on? Has have ha- Is just he having, you know, summer brain farts, you know, too many uh, drinks on his mind type of thing? Is it that defenses have adapted? Is it that the schedule got a harder second half of the year and what we thought was a well-rounded team actually has holes? I think that's what I'm more curious about because mm-hmm. on paper— this roster is fast. Yeah, this it's roster great. has 
enough yeah. size to compete with the big players and yep. everything, and I don't see any immediate weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that first thought is, okay, it's got to be a quarterback problem. But maybe it's a system problem. Maybe it's communications and everything. And I haven't I haven't seen them in person to kind of figure that out. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense to me that you start off so well and then basically flounder the second half of the season. Like what happened? Yeah, I think it's the it is it is the quarterback position, and it's not just on one guy. It's it's that no one wants to take the reins of this team and really say this is my team. This is my offense, and let's let's go and ride it out. Let's let's execute, get better as the season goes along. They they started six and two, like I said, and and, and went throughout like the middle part of the season six and two, and and but didn't the, the last two games where you wanted to see, hey, let's go into the playoffs on a strong note and and show that we can move the ball. I didn't see that. I didn't see that necessarily. And uh, even though they put up twenty four against Kiss My End Zone. Uh, Never felt out of reach, uh, per se, for uh, KMEZ. Uh, and in the Vultures game, same thing. They had a chance to get back in it, but whenever they needed that score to, to make it a tie game or, or get the two-point convert to just uh, close the gap, they fell short uh, there. Co-ed three. Let's uh, move along here as we have some other guests uh, lined up. Uh, again, not for Co-ed two and three, uh, uh, but uh, for the other divisions. Uh, Eagle. The one and Niners uh, did go one season, I believe, either zero and ten or one and nine, uh, famously. Um, but now it seems to they they seem to have uh, revert changed their reverse their fortunes, changed their fortunes. It's not coming out, and it's difficult when it's one person here, and I can't uh, pass the ball over to someone else. Can they reverse their fortunes and go nine and one? I mean, they have one game left. It's against Michael Scott's Tots, and I think that's going to be a W. This team is good. It's yeah. well-rounded. Uh, we played them this past week. Mm-hmm. There. Going into the game, it was funny because I've previously been on teams with uh, Alexandre before. So it was like, you know, amicable at being and the whole stuff and, you know, chatting. It's like, oh, good luck this game. And I'm like, I don't, no, this, this uh-huh. isn't happening, right? Like, it, we, we know how this is going to go. Uh-huh. Let's just have fun with it type of thing, yeah. right? It's an hour to run around and just enjoy what we're doing. Nobody get hurt. Yeah, That's exactly what we expected. Um, the roster itself is interesting. I like Charles Presser as quarterback. He, how'd, you, how'd you find him? He has the ability to use his feet. He has decent ball placement. Yeah. The play designs are good, and he knows okay. how to read them. Yeah. And when he is under pressure, he can roll and throw that ball on with precision mm. on a line, yeah. which is what you need. Yeah. These receivers are going to make plays on the balls. Alexandre previously mentioned. Uh, Brandon Badley is mentioned as well. Lucas Quenville, big addition to this roster in yeah. terms of the way they run it. And th- the women as well. They're just fantastic. Uh, I think this is a well-rounded team. For me, the question is... Are they truly the, I think, number two seed? Yeah, right now, two or three seed right now, as it stands, yeah. Yeah, because the only loss that they had was to Fast Not Furious 3, technically the one seed in this game. And that score wasn't super close in week four, Mm -hmm. but also... It's week four. Yeah. A lot of things have changed since then. People know each other better in terms of the way the rosters are constructed and yeah. everything. Uh, I think as well, you know, Fast and Furious, not Furious 3, haven't really been challenged this season right. as much. Yeah. I think as much as, you know, they've played games, I think their schedule has been a bit, little bit lighter than the one in Niners overall. Sure. It's c- close enough. Sure, yeah. But I, I don't know 
if they're truly like the three seed if in this listing if drink team is actually quote unquote better than them because of the tie i i can totally see them seriously competing for those top, those top three seeds yep. and any of those games are, are very close matchups uh do you see them contending for a finals appearance I can see it happening. Yep, I can definitely see it happening. Yeah, I, I can see it, but I, I think, and tell me what you think because you played them, um, but I don't think the offense is a problem. I think where they will win or lose a playoff game, it'll be can they stop an offense when they're on defense? Is is Does everyone know their defensive assignments? Have they, um, have they gelled enough to know, hey, when when we're playing man and they're running crossers, let's stay stay home. Or uh, have they developed that level of communication and that level of cohesion? Uh, that's my potential worry with this club. It's defensively, not offensively. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll think that they will go uh, one and nine. Uh, sorry, nine and one. Um, but who would be their toughest out? In co-ed three. So given whether it's uh, one and niners, drink team, fast, not furious, uh, who amongst the lower end, let's say, let's go uh, seeds uh, four through ten that are currently making the playoffs. um, Who will be the toughest out in co-ed three? So I think assuming the standing stays something similar to what's there right now, things Mm -hmm. can move around, obviously. I... I feel like Tigres is the surprise on this list. Surprisingly low at three and six, or surprise no, that, be, they, that they can make do some damage. They can do damage to a team if they kind of figure out their formations. If that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. a little bit too much wildcat play in their offense, which can confuse a lot of teams in co at three. Yes, but I think of the top seeds, it's less confusing. Right. If anything, it makes the defense easier of right. the, all right, we're just going to press you on the line and then play the run, right? Yeah. And then pick up the, the, the banana or the bubble, however you're describing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take that out of there and you just make it a one-on-one matchup with the rusher and QB, you have the advantage in that. And then you have the speed to go upfield. I'm still not sold on the arm strength, but there's some really large manly receivers on that squad Mm -hmm. that can fight for any ball if you just put it high enough in the air and type of thing. So I think that could frustrate some of those top three seeds, assuming that game plan is specifically designed in that particular fashion. I think the defense is still going to be the problem for Tigres. I don't think their defense is very strong. But if they can keep up score for score at least or force them to have to respect you know certain elements of their game. I think that is something that they can be the hardest out of the teams that are currently sitting in those spots. I think of the things you said, having a a competent athletic rusher is the key to stopping the Tigres offense. And I think yeah, drink, drink team's drink the only team one it. that thinks that way. Yeah, Festa Furious is okay. One and yeah. Niners is okay. But I right. think Dream Team is the only one that actually has a, a suitable rusher in, to contain that. In Daryl Dorsley. Yeah, yeah exactly. uh, absolutely. Uh, so you think Tigres could be a tough out? Uh, I, I like what the Crevette have been doing as of, as of late, uh, particularly in adding Vincent Morissette to the squad. He makes them, and that's what's been cool about Coed 3, is that the cap's been high enough that you can have a Division 1 or 2 player on your team if your new players are rated 55, 56, and, and, and then the low, low uh, higher 50s. Um, Crevet could do some damage. They've, uh, they've won, if you scroll down to their schedule here, uh, I believe they've, they're on a four-game winning streak right now. They've beaten uh, the free agents, Dream Killers, Catching W's, and Kamikaze. Look, 
Those are teams all below them that they needed to win in order to make the playoffs. They did what they had to do. The, the schedule you're given is a schedule you're given. They, they, you still got to win those games, and, and they came out victorious in all of those. I just like a team going 4-0 and into the playoffs uh, to do some damage where they, they've gotten used to winning and they know what it takes to win. I think that's uh, a recipe for success for, uh, for to be a tough out. I can see it happening, yep. Yeah. We'll shift over to uh, the women's division right now. Uh, and in the women's division, we had some surprising results, Eagle. Uh, if we take a look at the schedule this week, um, we've been knocking uh, Red Nation uh, for their loss of how are they going to deal with, again, like the Vulture discussion, how are they going to deal with the loss of Rachel Vallier? And on the opposite end, we've been praising uh, Le Petit Miette. However, Red Nation uh, won 21-6 over BIT, and X and X, uh, one of the uh, lower-ended teams in uh, Women's 2, uh, got a 25-6 victory over uh, the Mokan-loving... Mokan-loving? No, Mokan loves Le Petit squad. Um, which one was more surprising to you? Great question. So let's start with the Red Nation BIT game here. I'm I don't know what to think about this one. So first off, uh, seeing Kia uh, Alan Bakelis yeah. and Jardine Kabiabante yeah. leading in yeah. receptions and yards it's, and the whole stuff. It's what you got to do. That's no surprise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it's how you win the game, and that's totally fine. And I think, and if you look at this, there's still a lot of incompletions that happen there mm -hmm. but I think that's what keeps Allison Sobel alive on those drives in order to score now that's still only three scores in the game I don't, obviously there's a question mark there in terms of you know they're still not putting up enough points to win games in my mind but 21 defense, in the women's can win you a game uh, in women's too it can yeah especially I, with their defense right and and look this um in the past five games, Heidi Okana Lynch with three sacks. Uh, that that puts a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, especially one of which was a safety, by the way. Okay, yeah, that's how you got to the the huge extra points, right? Huge, yes, because there was only one extra point there from Kia. Uh, that's that sacks are huge in the women's division already. You need to move what is it? Uh, must be twenty or so yards to gain a first down. If you get sacked on one of those plays, not only are you losing the down, you're losing the yardage, which makes it you know that fourth and third down situations even longer and 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 uh, and harder to to convert on. So she's been she's been a difference that we haven't really mentioned. We've been mentioning Gigi and who else can step up, but watch out for Heidi to be a, a difference maker. And then Lamise, of course, shout out for the interception in yeah. this game. Uh, then again for BIT, yeah. I mean, I also expect better from Athena Ryan. Mm -hmm. Hundred yards, mm -hmm. not a good outing for no. you. Two one interceptions, TD. not yeah. a good outing for you. The, the I'm okay with the two interceptions. It's the one touchdown. If yeah. you go five and two, that's fine. But yeah. but going only scoring only once. I know the Red Nation defense is their calling card, and and it's how they're going to win games. But and, and the ball distribution is there, so uh, you do have uh, you know three or four players with three or more targets. So the Red Nation defense needs to be four girls deep, uh, covering everyone and making sure you know that Mar Maria Manseri, if she's not the primary target, um, that 
you know, what I see here in the stat line is that the yak yards were limited. Seven receptions is great, but if you're only getting 34 yards out of it, you're not gaining enough yards to gain you that first down or touchdown. So that was the problem for me. I, I guess the Red Nation defense must have been great on their tackling. Uh, and in their, and because how many PDs did they have again? They had two interceptions and three PDs. Yeah. So what, uh, five balls that were thrown to, closer to the Red Nation defense? To me, that's it's more on the tackle. Six, five, three. And right? it also looks like uh, BIT was slow to get started, right? First half, 50 nothing. That's obviously not how you want to go into the second half. But yeah. still, like, okay, we can come back on that. Yeah. But then to just put up six points, I I expect better from them. Yeah. And then in the XNX Bitsimiet game, um, I think XNX is starting to find itself, if that makes sense. I think Maya DeFazio is becoming the quarterback we expected her to be under her father's coaching and guidance. He has a system. Uh, she's slowly starting to learn it and just kind of put that together. This is, again, when we talk about the stat line, what we're more expecting here, a lot more yards, uh, trying to keep the ball away from the opposing team, which makes a lot of sense. Um, the distribution is fantastic, right, in terms of yep. the targets. Now, granted, obviously, Paulina Gasparini and Olivia Stewart is yep. carrying the load, yeah. but still contributors across the yeah, other Mia areas Abelard, as well. Yeah, Mia right? Three, three catches, fine, but 63 yards, you're doing serious damage with, with the limited receptions, even though three is not necessarily limited. Yeah, and then same thing on the other side yeah. of it, right? Like, Miette, uh, Valois. I mean, like, what... Do you, after a while, it's like, okay, give the ball to someone else. Like, yes, I get it. They're helping you move, you know, drive the field and everything. Yeah. But it's getting too obvious, right? At right. a certain point, you double team them. And Esther Moran Struthers, 20 targets. That's crazy. That's half, literally one of every two balls is going there, yeah, right? That's crazy target. Really. Like, <laughs> that, as a defense, you know it's coming there, right? And that's why you see with Frida with nine tackles, Maya with six. Uh, Maya DeFazio, by the way, again, we mentioned it last week, but 10 uh, in the double digit for interceptions she's in the running for defensive player of the year now padding her stats with uh with the tackles um yeah this one was surprising for me uh they've been struggling offensively on the season and for her to come out 300 yards four tds really again ball distribution was good and and uh paulina mia and olivia stewart being the uh the the three horses for for the for the team here yeah so to go back to your original question which one's more surprising yeah. I think I'd go with the Red Nation yeah. win, yeah. just because it's unexpected. I guess, right? Like, I, I, the games they're going to win, like you mentioned, are going to be defensive battles, and so this is one of them. I just didn't expect it to be as close as it actually was. Uh, this game over here, the scoreline makes no sense to me. Lips me at, uh, yeah, yeah. Just it, this is just one of those That's like, surprising too, though. <laughs> but it's just like you had a bad game, and then GG go next yeah. type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of uh, player awards. If we quickly take a look at, uh, it's going to be hard to look because it's not one place, but two-way player of the year. Could it be that a player placed on IR wins two-way player of the year? <laughs> that would be Rachel Vallier, uh leading the way almost in, uh, in mostly more on the defensive end, which is where she's doing most of her damage with eight, I believe, uh, interceptions mm -hmm. and six PDs, 22 tackles. Um, there are is some competition around her, Alexandra Ladoussa, with uh, six INTs. Uh, I believe Marielle Paradzi and Marise Paquette are, are uh, very close uh, there as well with five interceptions for Marise and uh, Marielle with five as well, both on Wolfpack. Receiving-wise, 
Alexandra Ladusan is is leading the way. But again, uh, with the nine TDs and 460 yards. But Rachel Valliard, again, has about... She's more in the uh, yardage, more than the the touchdown. She has 400 yards uh, and six TDs. Um, But again... This game's played is going to come into perhaps into uh, into effect. Could she win it, or does uh, do any of the three other names perhaps take a jump? Okay, can I throw out? Uh, never mind, it's not going to. The, no, the math doesn't work out. I was like, ah, yeah. maybe there's an option for Maya to actually win two A, right. but her QB numbers nah. are just not super significant. Right. Um, if and I don't vote on the committee, right. but I would say Alexandra Ladusar is the the front runner in my mind. I I can't. Conceivably, yeah. give it to Rachel Valier. Yes, the defensive numbers are there, um, but if, if the season ended today, she is two-way player of the year. You talk about Rachel? Yep. I I don't know. I don't it's know. close though. It's, it is close. It's close. I just I feel like Alexandra is too more well-rounded at this point in terms of the the well, contribution. No, she has more offensive contribution with three more touchdowns and about fifty more yards. But Rachel has two more interceptions. So what's worth more to you, right? It's the two interceptions or the three touchdowns and fifty yards. Three to me, it would be the the three and the, the two interceptions. No, nah, for me, it's the three touchdowns. Really? Yeah. No, but for me, it's the two interceptions because that leads you to get three more. Two, not, at least two more. Not touchdowns. in women's. Not in the same way. That's true. Uh, that's that's right? a good point. If you get a fourth down stop, you get the ball back on your five. Right. Your Interception five, changes yeah. your field position, sure, but the touchdown actually changes your outcome to win the game. That's the way I'm looking at it for women specifically. Men's, I would agree with you. I think it's a very different way of looking at the game. I think women's mm-hmm. defensive stops are necessary. Yeah. But our picks are big or worth more. Picks are worth more because it feel because of field position. Yeah, but the f- that's the thing. Field position doesn't actually matter in women's. As no, much. it does. It, no, all it but does on interceptions. Okay, it does all it does. Uh, this is this if you get a okay. pick on the opponent's five. There's no other time you'll get the the ball on the opponent's five. Agreed. It makes your your offensive drive easier. Yeah, but if you miss your like it's in in men's for example. If you have, if you get intercepted on offense, they get the ball back. They can drive or whatever it is. Yeah. But if they go four and out from the, off the INT, you get the ball back as if nothing happened, right? In women's, they get the ball back all the way in their five. So the interception, the fact that it got you that position, doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It makes scoring easier. Yeah, yes, it makes scoring easier. But if you have a good offense, it's it worth matter. more. No, I think the touchdowns are worth way more in women's. It's 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 a we we could be here all night. It means you managed to successfully complete a drive. All the interception did is successfully defend a score, which is much easier to do in women's. And and gain you yards. It gains you like thirty yards potentially. It it facilitates your offensive ability, but the touchdown is still required. Versus, if you don't get like okay, what I'm trying to say, if you bat that int into the ground and it's fourth down and they don't convert, it's 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 not bad. It just makes your offense slightly harder. The score actually a lot gets harder. you a, a lot harder. progress. The, the score the completes I, the offensive drive. The INT gets you the stop and yards. Not the get, same. It could same get thing. you like 40 yards. Think not of it as, as getting an INT, a stop and a 40-yard reception. No. Pick sixes would be different, but yes. for me, it's all scores. I, I agree. It, it, I think the opposite for men, by the way. <laughs> Pick sixes in men are worth less than the inter- interception yes. itself. Yes, yes, yes. They're worth more or worth more in women's. Yes, I, I would agree with that. Uh, so, look, I think if the season ended today, I would give it to Rachel Valier. Again, take into consideration the seven games played because the stats, whatever, whatever. If, if you think two INTs, three TDs are, are uh, 
like everything else is equal, then look at how many games she did it in. She did it in one less game. To me, that goes to Rachel Vadia. But I do believe at the at the end of the day, Alexandra Latusa will have one or two more picks, will have more offensive contributions, and therefore uh, you're likely two-way player of the year. Uh, we are going to move to Division D, where we have a guest uh, joining us. Uh, yeah, he's ready for a call. Yeah, you know who our guest is, uh, Eagle? I mean, I know who it is. Yeah, perfect. Um, he's joining us now. Uh, will be uh, William Power, our Division D writer. Uh, he's, uh, he has some plans, so we're going to get him quick on the call here. Uh, and we're going to see his thoughts on Division D and uh, what his favorite post-game beverage is. Hello, William Power. Hey, boys, how are you? Hey, hey, what's up, my man? How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I, I, uh, question for you, d- quick. Uh, did you yeah. get in the pool today, yes or no? In the pool? No, I was not. There's no pools around me. Okay, because your hair looks a little wet, and we had uh, one of our guests was uh, uh, started the, the call with his shirt off. Oh, wow. I put a little bit of beeswax in my hair. Maybe that's okay. why it has that look. Okay. Uh, but no, I'm not jacked enough to go shirtless, boys. My bad. Okay. All right. No problem. You have a Twitter handle? Yeah. I do not have Twitter. Okay. Do you have a Threads account? I do not have that. I'm not even sure what that is. Yeah, Threads is it. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, Will, uh, we introduced you here as the uh, Division D writer. Um, we got some questions here for you. Um, yeah. At the top of the standings, I mean, there's no Twitter, no life. That's what's written under your name right now. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, Will, like I said, if we look at the top of the standings in Division D, uh, there's yeah. one one game left to go for, most, for the uh, uh, top three teams right now. How do you feel that the top three seeds is going to play out? You got prime time at 8-1-1 one, one with 10 games yeah. played, penetrators at 8-1, and one, and the X-Men at 8-1. and one. How do you feel uh, that's going to shape up? Well, yeah, Les Petits Carottes are at four, and they had a big game uh, this past weekend right against uh, against Idaho. I think primetime, uh, obviously, 8-1-1 eight, eight, one and one there. Um, they're going to stay there because that's their 10 games. I think X-Men are going to win because uh, they're playing against Glory Boys, and I like X-Men in that matchup. Okay. Uh, so that would put X-Men to uh, nine one. and one. Yeah. Exactly. Number one. Yeah. And, the and then the Penetrators. I was pulling it up here. The Penetrators got Born in the 80s, which should be a really good game. Yeah. I think so far I'll probably go with Born in the 80s in that one. So I think it'll be uh, one X-Men, two Primetime, and then three Penetrators. Yeah, I, I can see that shaping down. I can also that, – that Penetrators Born in the 80 game is a bit of a 50-50 pick em. Uh so, Yeah, it is. So Penetrators could yeah, – I, I see it this way. X-Men in one. Penetrators two or three, and then primetime two or three. I think uh, we're we're in agreement there. No. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, like I said, it'd be hard for. I can see Glory Boys beating X Men in a bit of an upset, but I think Glory Boys have been a little too inconsistent for my liking. Yeah. So yeah, I think like you said, X Men finish in the one seed. Yeah. Yeah, and then if we take a scroll down all the way to the bottom of uh, Division mm-hmm. D uh, for the final two playoff spots uh who do you think gets in from i believe it's uh the 21 seeded red dragons all the way down to the number 26 why so serious uh who are no they will not make it uh if my uh, unless you know there's some weird tiebreaker yeah like they've, they've let up way too many points um give me your last two uh playoff seeds who makes it yes yeah, so i'm gonna go 20 20- 
Yeah. I'll go 23 big Dracos. Yeah. Um, and I think DNE grabs the final spot at 24. So I think it'll be studs are us that end up missing the playoffs. Okay. Um, yeah, they, had a, they had a tough time yesterday against uh, deep balls. Balls deep. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Eagle, you're right. That's the worst name in, uh, in FPS. <laughs> uh, with two teams with it, too similar. Um, I don't know who exactly they have. Uh, studs are us. Uh, I'm referring to. Not sure who they have next on their uh, schedule. Just blues and blues are are winless, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. So you know, uh, so st- if there's a chance for Studs or us to to get in, that's the one. Uh, and and so, but do you think DNE will win out, or they they just need one win, or how do you how do you see that shape? That's thing. I, I I like what I, I like what I've seen out of DNE recently, uh, and they got the root sacks. Man, they got big Dracos too. I'm writing in my that's article. Tough. That'll be a huge game. Right. Uh, yeah, it is tough. I see them winning at least one of them, though. I like what Nick Rich has been doing uh, and, uh, you know, having Panetta receiver there uh, and, you know, Akimo uh, Charles and just got a really good team. It, I know they're outside looking in, but I, my gut's telling me DNE is going to find a way to squeeze in the playoffs, Iggy. Okay. So whether that's them going one and one or even two and oh, I'm just trusting them right now to make it happen. All right. Um, well, regardless of whether it's D1 or D2, who is a mm-hmm. dark horse team that you've identified in Division D that can win it all? Whether, again, whether it's D1, D2, don't think about that. Just one team that's fallen under the radar who could mm-hmm. cause, you know, like no one's really looking at a dark horse team that could win it all, whether it's D1, D2. I love that question. Right away, I'm going no Rugrats. Uh, they wow. tied the oh. blue drive. Yeah. They t- tied the blue drive 40 to 40 uh, this past Sunday, which a game I was really surprised about. Uh, they almost won that game too. They had the ball with three plays left. Um, and they lost to Bandits uh, yesterday, uh, Tuesday, by 13. Uh, Bandits are one of the better teams in the league. So you're, talking, you're asking me a team that you know isn't getting the love. And right now they're just under 500, right? Four, five, and one. This is definitely a team I could see surprising people. Uh, Jason Ross is obviously known as a, as a quarterback, but uh, people don't realize he's a stud receiver too. He's got really good hands. And there's just too much, uh, I guess, experience, I should say, on this team for them to fly under the radar. So yeah, give me one team, D1, D2, or any of them going to Rugrats for sure. To win it all. That was the question, huh? As a dark horse, yes. Wow, I mean, like, okay. Vegas, I love it. Vegas, I love it. The odds I'm putting my money, if I was gambling mad, I'm, the odds aren't great for them, so I'm putting my money on them. Okay. Uh, quick true or false question here, uh, Will. Let's see if you know your division. Yeah. Is oh there, or true or false, so there is currently a Division D receiver with 900-plus receiving yards. True or false? True, and it's... Uh... Le Bleu Dry receiver. Yes. Uh, I believe Guillaume Dufresne. Dufresne. Yeah, Dufresne. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely wild. I saw that today. I'm like, is this, this, did that happen? I mean, I've seen him play a lot. I know he gets a lot of those 40 yard bombs, but man, for a receiver to be like dangling and then touching at a thousand yards, we talked about it with mm-hmm. Laurence Pombriand. It would have been an exceptional season. I think we have to give our kudos to, uh, to Guillaume Dufresne, uh, who's put up a ridiculous season so far. Shout out to Justin Lerner for putting up devil numbers. Yeah, <laughs> six, six, six. And uh, that's a final <laughs> two. He, ra- he wrapped it up. Uh, and uh, yeah, just short of 20 touchdowns. Another exceptional season for Justin here. Um, Will, here's a projection question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Since since you've uh, covered Division D. Yeah. If you, if you were going into the winter 2024 season, 
and you're making mm-hmm. a division uh, four team, who would you yeah. rather have starting at quarterback, Justin Gauthier or Fred Junot? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, so, like, who I'm going to go seeing? Fred Junot. Yeah. I, I'm going to go Fred Junot. Um, and I guess I'd pick him because I feel his upside is a little bit bigger. Uh, I know with Gauthier, he it, like, is incredible at taking care of the football. Um, and I believe he only had like three or four picks on the season. Uh, he takes a lot of sacks, though. And with Fred, you know, I think that, you know, kind of being a guy that no knows flag and, you know, he's a Braves product, I guess you can say. Um, right. uh, and, you know, just a, a guy that, that knows how to win. And I've seen him, I've seen him play and I believe I've scored one of his games and his touch on the ball is, is excellent. It's a really tough one. But if I had to go, I'd go, uh, yeah, I'd go Fred. Eagle, you have a question? No, no. Uh, Will, we've been asking, uh, well, we asked only one other guest so far. Um, oh, wait, I do have a question, actually. Oh, wait, yeah. Will, how was Miami? Oh, it was awesome. Thanks for asking. The uh, The downpour was that I went to the Heat State, like you said, Kaseya Stadium, and your comments on my Facebook was pretty funny. Uh, but, anyway, yeah, so I went in to go to the Heat Store, and it was closed for renovations. And, like, no problem. It'll be open July 6th, but I was leaving July 4th. Uh, but it was great. Sun was great. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was a good time. was there. My parents' beach was awesome. Restaurants were good. A lot of dolphins and heat jerseys there, so I was a happy camper. Uh, and then follow-up question. I asked this question to our previous guest. Are you more of a, pe- a pool person or a beach person? Beach, 100%. I don't do chlorine. Okay. Yeah. What about salt? Yeah. Yeah, like salt oh, yes. yeah, I'm salty. I'm salty. Oh, he's... Ooh, I'm very salty. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then, Will, speaking of all this heat... Um, you know, after games, especially outdoors where it's like hot outside, uh, give me your summertime refreshment beverage to cool you down post game. Your options are, because it's an option, uh, iced coffee. Are you going fruit smoothie? Are you going with a slightly frozen Gatorade color of your choice? So it's almost like slushy like, but it's still liquid. Uh, or are you going with an ice cold beer? I'm pretty sure you know it's not the uh, the latter. Yeah, I, I told it, you. I told you we're going to have no beer on this one. I'm going Gatorade, and I'm going blue slushy like Gatorade. There's nothing that's going to beat that. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to be tallying these results. I want it on a graphic displayed and everything. Uh, Will Power, thank you for joining the show. I know you uh, got an errand or something to go to with your beeswax hair. Uh, thank you for joining the show. <laughs> Appreciate it very much, and uh, have a good evening, sir. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Thanks. Ciao. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Will Power. Yeah, no hang, it up, hang it up now. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hang him up. God damn it. You, you can just hang up. It's not, a hard, it's not that hard. Okay. He's still on the show, uh, even though we don't find out who it will be. Uh, I, I feel like Will Power, no handle, no life, is like a motto of his that could be uh, implemented. Um Thank you for uh, willpower. For I uh, uh, hope you're enjoying these segments with our. Uh, like I said, having no one join me on the show today, uh, physically here in the studio on our ninth floor penthouse. Um, we're going with a guest contributor rotation, and uh, we hope you liked uh, getting to know willpower a little bit more. Uh, Beach or pool, or, and his summertime uh, refreshment beverage was the slightly frozen blue Gatorade. We're going to move on, though, uh, from Division D on to Division E, uh, Eagle. Uh, There will be no guest uh, for Division E, so we're going to comfortably talk about uh, 
the meat lovers. Uh, I don't know if you could be comfortable talking about uh, meat and lovers. Oh, I love my meat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know you do. Um, but how comfortable are we, Eagle, uh, with meat lovers and their 6-1-3 and three record? Um, there are four times in their schedule where they scored less than 20 points. Uh, so how do we evaluate their season here? You know, you can look at it like, hey, they only have one loss on the season. You can look at it and, and as, a, as a good thing. You can look at it as, well, in three games they tied, so they're going into like three overtime games if they're in the playoffs, uh, which would not be a great thing because you're really going on a 50-50 uh, coin flip kind of uh, to end your season or continue your season. Um, and then you can also look at the, what I, the stat I pulled out there where you're not scoring more than three touchdowns f- uh, 40% of your season. So what do we, what do we make of, of meat lovers? So I want to look at this from a different perspective and let's okay. look at their opponents that they've had to date. Okay. Right? So their strength of schedule, yeah. AKA false King uh, kingdom. Yeah. And, yeah. So if they've only put up 20 or less points in a certain number of games, I want to see against who that happened against. So right. let's start breaking this down. The first yeah. one is against FSU. Yeah. FSU is effectively the same record, not really, because the Lovers had three ties, yeah. essentially. That differentiates them. Um, but FSU is in the same ranking. Okay. Uh, no, no. I, I would have liked 28 points at least. So I don't like that. So, but at least you can argue, like, okay, like they're the same quality teams. The scoreline is, is within somewhat reach. close, right? It's, it's one reach. score. So it's okay, reasonable, but still, I'd like to see more out of that one. Yeah. Uh, ben don't break. A 19 to 6. That victory. team is 5 and 4 right now, and themselves are not scoring up a lot of points. 19 is a little bit on the low end. Hooday. They're athletic, though, and are getting now more and more familiar. Uh, it's their second season after a winter season. They're starting to get it, both offensively and defensively. Uh, I'm okay with 19 against Ben Dome Break. Yeah, still they're, not happy about it, but fine. Hude, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, uh, I, I could see more points going up against them and everything. Now, admittedly, um, their defense has been very good, yeah. the Hude defense. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm okay also with 20 there. Yeah. And then prime time, eight points. Oof. The, Look, I don't Ooh. like yeah. In this lot, yeah, an eight. Okay, eight so kudos by the way to the meat lovers defense for holding prime time to yeah. eight points because right. that's also very impressive. Yeah, but eight points. Prime time defense is good, man. Eight points. A lot though. of these, a lot of these players play in Division D, so they really know what they're doing. And meat lovers, you know, I, as much as I do like Manny Bazogius, that's he's not Div D yet. So for a lot of basically, you're taking a Division D defense. And putting it up against meat lovers, I, I can understand why you put eight. I don't love it. I and eight eight points will not win you games, just like it didn't here. And I wonder if if you just quickly go into the game. I wonder if it was a safe. Or they converted for two points. Eagle, yeah. if you can open up the box score, so yeah. The so and here's the problem, if I want to call it that, with meat lovers. They statistically have a lot of points for, but they have been an extreme blowout against teams that are not competing at the same level as Texas Chooches, Texas Wales. Granddaddy Perp has a big PA against, not U2. The only flags game, that's I I like that. I like when you win 37-33. That one I'm happy with them. Yeah. The eighth, by the way, it was a sack. sack, yeah. Yeah. Safety. Yeah, sack safety, yeah. So... 
and yeah, and so the reason I I bring this part up is when we're gonna start looking at playoffs, it is a bracket format. Yeah, that I'm, means I'm that there is a matchup that they could potentially hit that would suck. I'm worried. Right now, they're the third place team. They have to play the winner of fourteen nineteen. Fourteen is Pasta Arabiat now. Nineteen is Texas Wales. If that stays that way, and granted, there's a bunch of movement that could potentially yeah. happen. Yeah. If you see Pasta Arabiat versus Meat Lovers. That's not an obvious one. No, it's not. No, I, 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 yeah. The record to if if they're thinking to themselves, hey, we only lost one game in the regular season. I don't buy it. That's that's not how you should look at your season. Uh, I'm fifty fifty on them on any playoff game, really. Yep, De- same here. Depending on the matchup, so yeah, call it matchup dependent. Um, as we did for um. Well, we did it in a couple divisions now. Uh, let's take a look at our evaluations for uh, the awards, Eagle, please. Uh, let's look at uh, QB of the Year discussions, Offensive Player of the Year, and Defensive Player of the Year. We'll begin with uh, quarterbacks here. So let's start with the quarterback one. Um, what? Okay, let's ask the question differently. Do you consider the criteria for the of the year awards in Division E the same as the higher divisions? Do no. you look at more factors? Is it more just statistical? Like if you it's put up always. a ton of yards, but you have the easiest schedule, doesn't matter, right? No. It's still you're the best of the best. Yeah. So ooh. it's not obvious, actually. It's not. Um, I'm you- not happy with Manny Bazogius's 18 INTs as compared to the peers that he's competing right. with. Yep. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Division E, you always have to look take into consideration the rushing. Uh, so I've more or less mapped out those five names. And Bazogius does have a lot of them. And 250 plus three more, and, yeah. And plus three on the TDs. And, and consider Sheldon's uh, of Ramfin with the most yards and two touchdowns. If you go back to his passing stats, uh, so add to 36 plus 300. So he's at around 1,500 or 1,400 uh, passing yards combined with his rushing. And Bazogius at 1,640. 40 to 8. Yeah, 44 to 2, like 42 ratio, 2 to 1, not. Ah. Um, man, this one's tough. Uh, I would prefer, I would go Sheldon over Manny Bazogius, but then I would. And if you did a control F on Marty Friedman on the rushing. at the top. Oh, the rushing. On the rushing, yeah, just to uh, see how much we're factoring. Freeman, Freeman. In. Uh, Adam Intel's here, by the way, 431 1, no, negligible. It's not, yeah. And I haven't seen Marty yet, so I don't think he's here. No, you missed him for sure, and just do it. That's why Marty Freeman, right? Oh, here. oh, 118, but no TDs. So a hundred yards more, and he was already a yards leader. Uh, he was the no, he's not. He's the touchdown tire right now, but definitely not yards leader. Yeah, but he has thrown so Bazogius with the forty TDs seems to be like the most, but the most picks hurts his chance. I'm going Marty Friedman and then Sheldon. Sheldon uh, Dominiel has the chance to uh, to supersede him, um, him being Marty Friedman, in, in their last game. So Okay, I'm going to throw in another option here. Matthew Quick. Cadogan from primetime has two games left. He's yeah. at 29-8. and eight. But I, I think one of them was a missed game, so I think they only have one game left. 
So it's uh, so if he puts up six scores, he goes to thirty-five and eight, another two hundred yards. Let me check rushing on him quickly. Matthew, 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 Matthew. Yeah, we we him? talked about it last week, and we we put him as a as like a another hundred yards. Yeah, yeah, and he's just he he would have needed that extra game to play and put up stats in that one. So, uh, so I'm thinking Marty Friedman one, and then two uh, Sheldon Dominguez. Uh, if we go to offensive, it also depends what happens this week too, right? Maybe one of those two teams shifts the bed. Yeah. If we go to offensive player of the year, uh, usually a receiver. Uh, and again, we're not considering two way because there's too much back and forth on the uh, defensive and receiving tabs. Uh, but we know that Joe Morgese is also uh, leaders in in defense. Uh, what is he top ten in uh, top five? Sorry, in in uh, yards. Let's just say he wins two ways, so he wouldn't be eligible for a rec- uh, receiver of the year or offensive player of the year. Are we looking at Will LeClaire? I think Will LeClaire and Brandon Vickers are probably your two options that you're probably looking at for the runners-up, if you want to yeah. call it that. I think Jesse Dominguez has the touchdowns, but not the yards yeah, to contribute yards. to it. Yeah. Same argument for Matthew Gascon and just completing the scores but not yeah. actually helping drive the ball, let's say. Yeah. Well, really, he, he's and, probably uh, those yeah. numbers, probably a snapper because 41 receptions, but 4.4 yards per reception, right? Yeah, and exactly. It's like, oh, it is, he is this. I believe he is the snapper. So, and it is one of those things where, yes, it helps keep your offense going. Obviously, it's hard to defend the snapper on those quick routes at yeah. the, the red zone and everything, yeah. but. The only time I'm going to see a center be a receiver of the year is whether they're putting 30, massive 30, numbers, yeah. massive number of touchdowns, or I'll call it the, the bomb squad approach, right? Donald Shepard style of actually being a driving force in the offense to gain not significant just like, yards. Significant yards, yeah. exactly, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, significant yards, three yards could be significant if it's fourth and two, fourth and three. But I, I know what you're saying. Um, so are you? What's, who's your number one for offensive? I'm gonna I, go. Again, assuming Joe Morgese is out of yeah. contention because of two way, yeah. I feel go to yards like again. I feel like you have to go with Brandon Vickers. Yeah, go to yards again, just quickly, just because he's at ten, so he can't play anymore. He's he's done his season. Uh, Will Leclerc and Bob probably one more game uh, would have to put up four TDs, unlikely. So we're going Brandon Vickers there, and then defensive player of the year. Uh, so first of the service, the sacks category, uh, Massimo Rosati was 17, Rafael Morelli was 14, significant, 17 yeah. enough and three, yeah, but, but 14 sacks, sorry. And three picks for Raf Morelli yeah. could win that, that could be defensive player of the year numbers. And then if you just go like, that's already better than the 17 sacks to have three additional picks and six PDs. That's already better than the 17 sacks. You would agree? Yeah. No, I yeah. agree on that. And then, and then if you look at the picks, no, I'm going Raf Morelli. If he, uh, if he, if there's not another division where he's defensive player of the year, I'm going Raf Morelli there. Okay, just for two, I know we kind of said Joe. Marquez yeah, is, Je- just I, Jesse, Jesse Dominguez yeah. is the other one that's also an option, right? He put up not the same number of yards, but definitely the TD. Right. But the defensive stats put him in that to contention essentially. Yeah, yeah. So the Joe four picks make up for what Joe Marquez has in terms of extra touchdowns. So it sounds it's tight. It sounds like Jesse Dominguez. And or Joe Morgese could win either Defensive Player of the Year, D, uh, Offensive Player of the Year, or Two-Way Player of the Year. It looks like two of those guys are winning two of the three awards. Yeah, I would agree it, with it, that. Some, more or less. I will say Gans also there. I, I don't remember where he fell on the receiving chart. Will and say Gans of cover three inches long. I always just yeah. like looking at yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, Reno Kiligi, uh, Texas Chuches, 34 tackles. Keep up the good work, buddy. 
Nice. Um, Usually we look at tackles as like, you know, a category that's there as part of defense, but not the driving factor for DPOI. Um, no, it five by NTs to back that up means you're patrolling. P five PDs yes. means you're patrolling. So that's always yes. a, a, a plus. Yeah. yeah. No, and 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 I've seen him play. Yes, he is definitely a patroller on the field. He's he's letting guy. He's following a snapper and then letting him go to his own and shooting back to the middle of the field to take like a seven in away, which is always really hard to do. And he's one of the better defenders in Division E. Um, we talked about FSU uh, being very comparable two uh, meat lovers in our uh, in our uh, review of meat lovers schedule um, FSU were one of the top seeds uh, they were I, I think top one top two seeds just two weeks ago uh, they took a loss to bloodline very surprising uh, Laval outdoors and uh, and they took a loss to not you two I think Mo when Mo came up with this question they had not yet lost to not uh, not you two because his question was how far can they fall? Um, but I, I think his question still stands if you go to the standings page, Eagle, uh, because they're done their season. Um, but how far can they fall? Uh, so I believe uh, in my quick evaluation of it, I think they can fall as low as nine. If cover three inches long, Ramfins all went out. Uh, Ramfins, sorry, no, cannot. Uh I believe that they can fall then. As well, primetime has the game left. They can jump him. Show yeah. me them TDs. Can has a game tie. Left. They can jump them. And, and cover three inches long can at least can tie them and, and then figure it all out. And then they're tied with not you two and the whole thing. Right. Yeah, they can probably go as low as like seven, eight. So more, more than Does any. Does it matter? No, exactly. More than that, it's their loss to Bloodline. I don't know if they were their full roster, but Bloodline, although they had now have picked up three wins on the season, they're not a great team. They're getting better each and every week. Fine. But FSU is an experienced team uh, and a more athletic team. And they got their bleeps handed to them by bloodline, uh, more or less. The, the game they got very chippy. The game actually had to be uh, called with about three or so minutes left because there was a bit more, too many altercations going on with warnings having been handed out. You know, um, so I, I that's that's a loss where that hurts. It hurts because they should have won that game quite convincing, quite convincingly, in my opinion. And they didn't. So uh, to me, the more they fall, they they get perhaps uh, worse matchups earlier in their playoff run uh, it is. I think that's where Mo is going. And I tend to somewhat agree with that. Uh, we need to tee up uh, Eagle, our Division B uh, uh, guest, if you know who that is. I do. Perfect. Uh, because we do uh, shift over our uh, and focus to, uh, to Division B. Uh, so if you can give him a two-minute warning. Uh, we're going to talk with Marvin Steinberg uh, of Mangoose. Uh, we're going to talk to Marvin uh, a, a little bit about his, uh, his time subbing slash now a uh, part-time, full-time member of Mangoose. Um, ha have his thoughts on the Division B, um, thoughts on joining uh, the Nick Schaefer crew, uh, and uh, just a little bit about more about Marvin. Of course, whether he likes pools or beaches more, uh, and of course, his summertime uh, cool-down drink that is post-game. Uh, what is your expectation for his answer? Uh, is it going assuming beer? he does answer, I think is the main one right what? now. 
Why would he not answer? He said, "Give me five minutes." Oh, okay. He needs he needs five minutes. But uh, his uh, no, no, no. But what's his expectation? No. So he will answer. So what do you think he's gonna answer for the uh, refreshment? Uh oh no, he's going with the beer. Yeah, he's going with the beer. Yeah. Right. I knew Will Power would him though. Yeah, I, I knew that one too. Yeah. But come on, everyone else, let's be real. Uh, Brent. Brent said a close. It was a close second, but maybe it's no, just no, no, just no, second. It was fruit smoothie, fine. but uh, yeah, you gotta go ice cold beer. Uh, where okay, where is your favorite location in FPF to have that ice cold beer after a game? Ooh, um. Well, okay. This also depends on whether or not the, <laughs> the locations are open because the past few seasons, there's times where you go to like the local bar in one of the venues like and it's not there. Oh. I think Brosser being the clear example, but yeah, they used to have like a bar. Always closed. It's always closed now. Yeah. 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 Lachine was hit or miss for a while and everything. Yeah, that was weird, but yeah. yeah there gone. was Bay Durfe, which had a place but not really. Then oh, yeah. Laval yeah. has a place, but not often. Really? Yeah, do? yeah, Bord Boulogne has a little uh, sports bar in the back. Sports bar in the back. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I've always seen it closed. <laughs> yeah, but that's exactly what I mean, though, right? Yeah. It's not always yeah, it's there in the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if, you know, because places are. By the way, we don't condone that <laughs> because of the complexes don't necessarily allow it. But where where is your favorite spot to have a beer? <laughs> I'm gonna well, go with the Laval hidden, the outdoors Laval when the music's going with the beach volleyball and concealed and like hidden beers. Uh, that's one of my top places for me. The music's going, you know, you had your you had your game. Again, hide the beer because they are constantly patrolling in their car. Yeah, As I for think me, for me again, it depends on where your game actually is. Uh yes, that's what I, that's literally the point. But that's why like I'm trying to say like the simple answers is like, you know, find like a Le Trois type of thing, go for like a terrasse breakdown somewhere, you can do a casual. No, that's sport. not what I'm asking. I'm asking like on the field after your game. No, I'm not doing that. I'm going to get an actual legitimate place. I'm hungry, too. I'm going to get some snacks, some maxi fries, some chicken wings. Ah, so a, nice, way to not, uh, a nice pint of an IPA. Way, way to not answer the question. Um, so while we wait uh, for, you know, Marvin uh, Steinberg will join us uh, very soon here. Um, we'll start with a question here for Division B. Um, let's start with... Uh, let's... Let's go with your thoughts on uh, on Nick Schaefer, uh, Eagle. We'll we'll ask uh, Marvin on his thoughts of Nick Schaefer. Um, what do you think Marvin is going to answer about his favorite? Can I just answer the question as opposed to think, trying to figure out what someone else is going to yes, say. Yes, yes. You, I want you to guess what Marvin is going to say when I ask him about his favorite or surprising trait of Nick Schaefer. What do you think he's going to say? His favorite or surprise? Let's go with favorite trait of Nick Schaefer. What is he going to say? How happy he is all the time. Like, he's always smiling on the field. He's always enjoying jovial, being yeah. there. Jovial, exactly. Yeah. Like, I love the energy. So, I think I think that's going to be his favorite. The, the, the favorite thing. I'm going to go. He's going to say his deep ball. I mean, yeah. He's going to. That's my guess. Anyone can throw me a deep ball, though. I just, yeah, I want, I want them to do it with a with a with a, a joy, a passion. You know, it's not just like right. you're, if I drop it, he's going to be upset, obviously. But you'll come back to the huddle, and it'll be like no problem. Versus getting screamed and yelled. So at I still yeah, fair point. I still think you're answering the question as what is your favorite uh, trait of Nick Tra- of Nick Schaefer. I mean, but I'm asking what Marvin's going to say. I think he'll say something very similar, and we will find out. And, and his surprising trait, if you uh, get an answer in quick. Uh, like you're surprised by this. No. Yeah, he missed a bunch of games. Okay, yeah. 
Hello, Marvin Steinberg. What's up, guys? Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm well, I'm well. Very excited, to be honest. Uh, awesome. Yes, thank you for, for joining the show here. you have a handle for Instagram or Twitter? Sorry? Do you have a handle for Instagram or Twitter or threads that you want to promo? Uh no no really no. all right no you have a you have an Instagram no handle do I no have life. Instagram I have Instagram yeah yeah Marvin what's what's your handle it's Marvin Stein it, it's Mar it's Marvin yeah oh yeah it's Marvin yeah, yeah. There you all go. right we may continue now yeah uh Marvin uh, welcome to the show uh we're gonna talk a little uh, Division B uh with you if you don't mind um so. We'll start with the question. So before you join the show, I asked Eagle the question I'm about to ask you. And I, I asked Eagle, what do you think Marvin is going to answer? So I am now going to ask you the question and see, okay. we'll see how we'll see how close Eagle got versus I got. Because I also answered how we, we, we both answered how we thought you would answer the question. So the question okay, is, okay. so the question is, uh, what is your favorite and or you can pick one or the other. Your surprising trait of Nick Schaefer. So let's go with favorite first. What is your favorite trait of Nick Schaefer? Um, his positivity. Oh, Eagle got that one right. Oh shit! Oh he, shit! I, I gotta say, he's got to be one of the. I've never seen him mad. <laughs> I've never seen him uh, angry. I've never seen him say a bad word. Like his positivity is insane huddles halftime like if we're down he's like there's no like oh my god you guys gotta step up no he's like yo like listen guys we're still in it let's keep that positive mindset keep pumping everybody up and honestly i very much appreciate that nice yeah eagle got that spot on nice. Uh, not nice uh and do you have a surprising trait something that you didn't expect uh out of uh, nick schaefer how calm he is Oh, okay. Yeah. She's he's one he's very calm. Even yeah. when he's like under pressure and he knows that like, okay, this is a big play. He doesn't show any stress. He doesn't show that he's nervous or under pressure. Even though like we kind of know like okay, this is like a very big play. Like there was one play where we had to throw the deep ball against uh ambush. I think you watched it actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On fourth down, yes. <laughs> exactly. And that huge um uh, the deep ball. Yeah. And I caught the ball in the end zone. Oh, yes, and yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was a big, big moment, and this guy was calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah awesome. Nice. Um, give me an underrated player. So that that's the one uh, Eagle and I answered uh, from here on out. Uh, these are new questions that the viewers haven't heard yet. Um, give me an underrated player on Mangoose that, uh, that no one talks about and uh, should get a spotlight. So I never knew this guy. I'd never seen him before. Uh, I didn't even know his name until I had to search it up because I don't know. I'm not good with names. I'm good with faces. And uh, Gabrielle? Yeah. Uh, your snapper? No, no, no. Maybe he's not. It's the, it's the, <laughs> the other, the other dark-skinned guy on the team. Um, yes, I know who you're referring to. His name is also escaping me. <laughs> it, I forgot. I, I'm not good with names, but this guy, <laughs> quiet, doesn't, like, I've, I've seen him say a couple words since I've been on the team and he's a dog. He like catches deep balls. He makes big plays whenever you need that fourth down, uh, re uh, reception. And to get that for that first, he's that guy. He's very quiet. He does. He just does his plays. 
um, very focused, and uh, even on defense, he's making huge plays. Yeah, uh, he's from the uh, Diamond Bougie uh, franchise. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, he is. Uh, Gaspar Sevnachik. Uh, yes. Right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. He is. He's absolutely a baller. He's. He's someone that uh, I don't believe I uh, necessarily reached out and contacted, but he's. He's one of the names that I thought of bringing onto my Division B team. And uh, yeah, Nick Schaefer did a great job recruiting him there. Uh, yeah, that's 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 definitely a, a good name to uh, to spotlight for for for. Hundred percent. Very very fast too. Jesus. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Deceptively fast. Well, like deceivingly fast, maybe not, but like just no one. I, I, I totally understand what you're trying to say that no one really talks about him. And it's exactly that's a great answer to the question. Uh, Marvin, I've been asking players uh, that have joined the show because we've been having a lot of guests like you on the today's show. As you see, I'm alone here. Um, so been asking questions to get to know the players uh, and the community members a little better. Uh, this one's a little uh, different. There's one question I've been asking that's co consistent and constant. Uh, this Whoa. one's not. Uh, what is your favorite route to run in uh in flag football is it the post corner is it the wheel is it the simple go route you know everyone like dismisses the go route but that's one that one's fun to run is it a double hook what's your favorite route to run so uh, so when i first started uh flag my position was a slot left side and at that point my biggest play was like the post corner right yeah. love the post corner uh i'm fast enough to get there and i'm fast enough to kind of get the defense off their off their feet um i gotta say since i've been playing on the outside a couple of times obviously mangoes i'm playing the slot but on the outside stop and goes okay yeah and stop what? and goes that yeah. that it used to be the post just straight but then post corner but stop and goes honestly just seeing the guy stall and yeah. you're off you're it's it's amazing feeling man awesome yeah I also have a similar question. Unrelated to football, though, are you more of a pool person or a beach guy? Ooh. Um, honestly, I like pool. Uh, reason why is because you can have the boys around, have a couple beers, chill, relax, music, do your own thing, and not have to worry about other people complaining. Okay, so you're doing, like, backyard pool, you mean? Not yeah, like, exactly. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Who's not doing a backyard pool? Well, I, yeah, this, I, I don't know bread. why. It's it, maybe it's because I was on my way here. There's like the city pool in the park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Where, if I between a city pool and a beach, I'm taking a beach. Yeah. Like, come on, I'll I'll deal with the sand. But like, you know, yeah, like, you know, that that yellow, the yellow watered, uh, that mellow yellow mellow pool. Yeah. Yeah, but like, then you're wet and you're in the car. You have to drive back home. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would go beach in that case. Um. Uh. Marvin, uh, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, the division. Um, no, actually, we're not going to do that question because it would require too much internet, and I don't have enough and enough bandwidth here. Um, <laughs> of the three teams, Mangoose, B Raves, or Run It Once, which one of the three teams do you think has a better shot of getting into the top five? So it's Mangoose. Be raised. be raised and run it once and run it once. So I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I don't think it's B raves reason right. for it. Honestly, is because the past couple of times that I've seen them play, like there's always new guys. I see it's not really consistent. Yep. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Joe is a killer quarterback. He is one of the top dogs for sure, but 
I mean, there's always new guys, and I know they do like like tournaments and stuff like that around. So I don't for sure not the B uh, B raves. It's kind of stuck because like I'm on Mango, so it's yeah. like you know what I mean. But yeah. um, a non-biased, just outside. Yeah. I got, I got it. I gotta say, Mangoose, man. Okay. Uh, yeah. Runner ones, don't get me wrong. I gotta say, Runner ones is a very good team. Yeah. They're yeah. solid. They've been together for a long time. Same thing with Mangoose as well. But I gotta say, Mangoose, the way they play, their mindset, they're not going into games as in like, oh my god, we gotta win. No, we're going into have fun. Go kill it. Go do our best. Go do it the most we possibly can. Every single time I see halftime, these guys are like in the huddle. They're yes, they're talking about strategy and stuff like that. But their main thing is just to have fun. They're a bunch of guys that they've known each other for so long and just go out there and have some fun. So I gotta yeah. say, Mangos. And 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 it's that. And then the results will come with that, yes. right? Exactly. Yes. It's like it's, we. It's instead of results first and then have fun. It's have fun and guess what? Results come with that. Exactly, right? And and I got to say one thing, too, is like Mangos has pulled off some crazy wins that we didn't think that we're going to win. And oh, yeah. we're pulling off some some wins that people don't think we're going to win it. So I got to yeah. say Mangos, man. And I'll, I'll even extend that. Even in a game where you lost to, to Beers and Brownies, right? I think there was we were up four possessions on you guys, and, and you battled back all the way, made it a one-score game, made it yeah. really a, a battle to the end that uh, I got kind of nervous. <laughs> there, I'm like, okay, you know, we're up four possessions. And no, your exact mentality, it was exactly what you're saying, was was uh, on full display that night. Yeah, man, uh, honestly. like it, That was a crazy game, too, though, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Marvin, last question for the division, and then I'll have another personal question. Um, w- again, so we'll we'll put Mangoose aside because then you're right. There was a bit of bias there. Um, who's your division favorite in your eyes, uh, other th- again, other than your team, uh, yes. to make the finals? So uh, name me the two teams that you think uh, will make the, the Division B finals. Like the end end, like championship game yeah, yeah, yeah the championship finals give me the two teams again we'll we'll exclude mangoes from the list um yeah but who do you think then would be the two teams that play in the championship division uh, finals? that's honestly one team i gotta say and i didn't think they were that good seeing they're just looking their their roster or their picture or whatever i gotta say Poseidon's kiss yeah they're good man. Yeah. they're like when we played them and i i mean look i don't know half these guys i know rocco i know a couple of other guys on the team but i gotta say man they're a strong team yeah. and i didn't think they were until we played them i'm like yo you guys have good connection rocco i did not think he was a quarterback this guy's killing it yep. doing yeah, really yeah. well yep. yeah he's doing really well um yeah, another so- team all right so poseidon's kiss going up against Oh man, it's either gonna be blessed or either gonna be blessed or freaking uh, beers and brownies. I think yes, it's called. Sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you got Poseidon's Kiss versus either blessed or uh, beers and brownies in your Division B final. That is uh, yes. Marvin's perspective there. And then Marvin, I've been uh, like I said, I've been asking this question to everyone. Uh, I think we, uh, Eagle and I know the answer here, but give me your summertime refreshment beverage to cool you down post-game. Is it iced coffee? Is it fruit smoothie? Is it a slightly frozen Gatorade that's like slushy-like color of your choice or a nice cold beer? Man. 
you got me on the spot because <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's going to be between the the fruit drink, which is going to be a McDonald's blueberry smoothie. Okay. Uh, everybody on Bless kind of knows me. That's my <laughs> that's my stuff. Yeah. Uh, and a beer. So I got to say, honestly, it's going to be the smoothie. Oh, wow. Okay, that one yeah. is a surprise. Yeah, I yeah that because, a surprise. I mean, there's a couple of times. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, who, yeah. Who, who likes a nice cold beer, right? Exactly, yeah, of course, of course. I'm that guy, but I got to say that smoothie, man, hits the spot. It hits, yeah, it hits different. That's it, man. Uh, Eagle, any other questions? No, that's uh, pretty much it here. Uh, Marvin, if you're not going to be in the finals, you want to do broadcast work, or are you just going to be chilling on the bench? Oh, you know I'll be there. Yeah, but I'll, but be, I'll you, be there for sure. You'll be there, but you'll do broadcasting, maybe. Is on that the, a, on the field or in the booth? That's the real question. Ooh, ooh that's that's big. Uh I guess we'll see. I don't know. Okay. I guess we'll see. Well, you're on the list of uh, potential candidates to call some games if you're not playing in it, of course. Uh, Marvin, thank you for joining the show. Hope you uh, enjoyed the uh, few minutes here with us. Hundred percent, man, guys. It was an honor, and uh, can't wait to see it. Awesome, awesome, right. cool. Thanks, Marvin. Thanks, Marvin. Have a good night. Perfect. It's Marvin. It's Marvin. Marvin <laughs> S. Oh, he's still here. God damn it. No, <laughs> they're not. Guys. They don't hang up the phone when they're supposed to. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. All right. See ya. <laughs> Everyone wants to stay on the show a little longer. They're over, over, uh, what is it? Overstaying their, overstaying their welcome. They're welcome here. Yeah. Um, Yes, you should uh, contact our next uh, guest because we uh, we will wrap up here uh, in Division C. Uh, I'll leave the uh, the guest for uh, that's going to be joining us uh, on suspense or in suspense. Um, but on suspense. On okay. suspense. In su- yeah, in suspense. Uh, let's see if he uh, answers. The oh, phone. he should absolutely be answering. I'm sure he's here right now. There oh, he here. is. Wait, no face? What is this shit? Uh, no face. That's fine. He's, uh... Oh, I didn't realize. Hold on. Okay. All right. Hello, hey! GM. Hello. How are well, you? well, well. If it isn't GM Cole 44. <laughs> How's it going, GM? How are you doing? I'm well, thanks. I'm doing okay. Uh, I, I thought you guys would call me a little bit earlier. So yes, we apologize. Kate started playing Mario Kart without me. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. It's technically my fault. I had a call with Australia that finished at 7, which made, made me be here a little bit later than I wanted to. And, and also I had a Mexican standoff at a Starbucks <laughs> with Jose or Jose. Jose, as they said. Jose. Yeah. Uh, so we'll Paul put the shows. Jose. We'll talk about the Division C. Uh, GM Colethris, uh, as you're playing in the division, um, first of all, your general thoughts on uh, Division C. How have you felt uh, the competition level? Uh, of course, you've you've wrapped up your uh, season in uh, going eight and two. Um, how did you feel overall, no, no. Uh, Division C, the the competition level, uh, and uh, your thoughts? Yeah, we closed out at seven and three. Actually, not oh, eight sorry, and two. Yes, yes no yes, worries. Right. Um, our our three losses are on. Uh, every end of the spectrum, I think. Um, so Backyard Bullies lost to Green Munches, to Never Overtime, and right. to Diamond Bougie. Yeah. And one of these things are not like the others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so if you would have asked me what I thought about the division before I played uh, Diamond Bougie, I would have told you that there's there's a lot of parity across the board. Like You can look at the middle of the rankings and see that there's a lot of teams. Like um, our, our playoff preview of who should be worried and who's who shouldn't like it's going to get a little convoluted towards the yeah. bottom but yeah, um, yeah. 
yeah but th- there is now like having seen like I, I, last year's finals and everything but in, in Div C Diamond Bougie are, are, are still on a tear and on a different level than everyone else I think yeah. um, everyone on Backyard Bullies just kind of had the same sentiment that like the slowest player on Diamond Bougie is faster than everyone on Bullies yeah yeah uh, that's no surprise and I tend to agree they they were already right finalists for Division Four, and they just added uh, two amazing players, I believe, uh, two if not three, uh, in Jerome Hovington, free agent acquisition, and Charles Vedo. So already adding to a finals uh, team in Division Four, they just uh, added two more studs to their team. So I definitely agree with you. They are the Right now, the class of the division. I uh, can't, can't argue with that. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, there, there are a couple teams that are, are neck and neck. Uh, teams that really played us hard as well. I found that, like, Bible study have the ability to go, like, neck yep. and neck with anyone. Like, yep. game changers are, are perpetually smart. Uh, we'll talk about Bisset and Dirty Birds soon. Yep. Um, but, yeah, top to bottom, there's a lot of strong teams in C. And it honestly just comes down to one or two possessions that will lose you not just the game, but, like, the season. Like, there are teams that are missing out or yeah. will end up missing out just because of, like, one or two possession games. Well, I was going to say, I think the one thing that's super surprising about uh, Bullies is that as much as you're the two-seed, your plus-minus is very close, right? Like, every win has been by effectively, like, a score or less type of breakdown. Normally, you see what, what we're seeing, for example, with, like, Demon Bougie, where there's a significant, you know, plus-minus differential. Arguably, Bessette de put is kind of in that boat to a degree. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I think that's the big surprise where, you know, going 7-3 and three with a plus-minus of 19 really shows that level of parity and the tightness of that division where, you know, you miss out on one score in those games and suddenly you're at the bottom of the standings in three and seven, right? It could easily yeah, either and way. You see that, like, with because we've already played our 10 games, if most of the teams that are, are six and three or six and four, sorry, uh, if that are six and three play, we could drop as far as, like, eighth or ninth. Although your points against are uh, already lower than some of the teams that have uh, played nine games, so that does work to your benefit if there is an eventual cluster of teams at uh, at seven and three. Excellent. Yeah, uh, I do actually have a follow up question on that topic. This is a larger Division C as compared to some previous years. Sometimes it's a little bit smaller or. Our Division 3s, let's say, have been usually a little bit more niche. C is kind of like that middle ground where we've never had to split it into subdivisions or anything. But this year, we're at 25 teams, right? That's a a large Division C. And so being the historian of FPF, I liked your perspective of how you feel the larger divisions, the conference-style divisions, the division subdivision divisions, the splitting and everything like what has you have what have you seen be the best outcomes and if you were commissioner for a day how would you have treated division c playoffs so um i feel like on on paper just thinking about this concept of all these teams that are, are making the playoffs it feels really partisan participation trophy-esque um but when you dig in a little bit deeper like because we're seeing now like the result of these outcomes and how we're going to talk about the the playoff picture there's a lot of teams that are really close together and if there were fewer teams that made playoffs like so many teams would have been like just furious or or like have their their postseason ruined again by like a a one possession game or two like Mm -hmm. it comes down to things being so close and everything mattering 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 um the only real playoff picture i can 
think of that that was anywhere like this was there was a division four a while back before we started splitting division four where there were something like 40 teams in the division um and what ended up happening is i think in the two conferences the conference a and conference b the top four teams got a buy um and then like eight through tw- uh, sorry uh five through 12 played each other and what ended Ooh. up happening, I believe, is that like of the four, like the four teams on each conference that got a buy, so like eight buy team conferences, the ones that played afterwards, like only one, like everyone who got a buy got knocked out because the teams that were playing each other in the opening rounds got more practice, and like all the teams were so there was so much parity across the board that like mm-hmm. getting those reps and that extra chemistry helped most of those teams. Yeah, kind of, I I can see that working out potentially in uh in this year's division c yeah i think the other thing which is uh super interesting about division now is that we've moved away from a reseed and into a true bracket which means that if you're the 20th seed or whatever it is and you get a really hard matchup round one and you manage to win your round two is actually slightly easier because you've beaten the hardest opponent of the first round which is I think a good idea because before I'd be punish a team for like, congratulations, you beat the one seed. Now you get the two seed. Oh, you beat the two seed. Now you get the three seed. Oh, you beat the three seed. Now you get the four seed. And it we do that over and over and over still again. Still like that though. Nope. Now it's a bracket. Now it's an actual bracket. You should probably go to the website so, and check it out. Division one versus lowest seed. So it it does no. look like it gets reseeded. Highest seed versus yes. lowest seed for quarterfinals. Second highest seed scroll versus down, second lowest Eagle. seed. Eagle, scroll down more. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There you then go. why are we doing an actual bracket for? <laughs> Fucking Rob. One job. <laughs> we talked about why this would last you put week. A, why would you put a bracket inside here and then not do a, why, why do a reseed? It's a bracket. That's the whole point. Oh. Yeah, One so all, th- all that to say is I think that the inverse of that might happen here. So those like right. 13 through 10, 20 teams who play each other, like the teams that win from there might might use those extra reps to their advantage and go on a tear against the higher seeds that they play later who might get complacent having like a week or, or even two weeks, depending on how the calendar falls, of buys before playing in the playoffs. Like you've got to go from zero to 100 real quick when right. the team the teams th- that are fighting for their lives and for scraps are giving it all they've got. Yeah. I still tend to think the buy is worth it because you save yourself from getting eliminated on because everyone's great. So yeah, if you buy can save... A, a it's non, like it's it's a non-zero chance you're not gonna get the limit. Like you're you're exactly. not gonna get the limit. Exactly. Um, yes. Fun question time. Uh, are you a pool party person or a beach party person? Uh, pool party. Okay. Awesome. About barbecue going on, or of, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, for sure. Whether whether yeah. I'm cooking or not, I will absolutely take. Uh, I mean, also there's there's fewer people. You get to choose the people around you at a pool party. Yep. True. Yep. Good call. Um, let's zero in on two teams here, uh, Jim, yeah. as you alluded to, uh, Dirty Birds and Beset Deset, but, um, Dirty Birds, they, they faced off against each other. Um, Beset, one of the stronger teams with one of the stronger quarterbacks in the division, um, yet they could not hold on to a two, uh, score lead against Dirty Birds. Dirty Birds are one of those teams that have so much talent and giving them an inch, they'll take the, the entire field. Uh, so what do you think about Beset's chances in the playoffs? What do you think about Dirty Birds? How do you, uh, do you see them going maybe in polar opposites or as they head into the playoffs or, or what do you think? Yeah. Um, so super exciting for, for the Dirty Birds who seem to be figuring it out after a, a slower start. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a team like littered with football talent and 
great genetics. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just like ending ending that game with like the like even just like looking at the the recap there and like Quaid not Lonnie throwing the game winner to to Justin Blackie. Um, not not everyone's familiar name, but someone that you should definitely be paying attention to, who's probably faster than like the average of people listening to this right now, like present company. Mm-hmm. Like he's one of the faster guys on that team. Like even with um, James and Quaid there, he's got speed of his own. Yeah. Um, so just like the chemistry of this team, like they've got a strong football core and just like trying to bring the bottom up to like the, the median of the team has been their, their downfall. So like it, early on, if you look at the team, you just say like, if you stop James and you stop Quaid, then you're going to win the game. And that's as the as the season is going on, that's becoming less and less of the case. Right. Um, so, the the other players on the team, so like uh, Justin Blackie is stepping up as well. Uh, Terrell's cousins also ste- stepping up. Um, you see, you see the the playmakers on this team. So I I think that Bissett and Asipat um, could be going in the opposite direction, but I don't think that's the case either. To me, they look just all over the place in the sense that like you see guys missing every week and and they're scrambling to fit in like one or two guys i think if come playoff time you have that regular roster and it's the same guys week in week out we're not having this discussion they're they're closing out games the way that we think they're going to be closing them out and they're much stronger than this first glance team that we see that just let it slip against dirty birds yeah i think fred paquette pedo and francois rochelot might be the best one-two or QB wide receiver duo in the division. The arm on on him and the speed of Rushlow, it's almost unstoppable. You literally have to put a safety at your own ten-yard line uh, when they're starting yeah, their drive. Yeah, you can just uh, air it out effortlessly. Yeah, yeah exactly. So I that and then if you start covering the deep, that opens the intermediate, and and you've now seen him starting to develop the, a, a flag playbook uh, as seen in uh, game of the week. Uh, with Besse but so they're definitely like you're saying when that full roster is there um, watch out for names as well as like Vin- Vincent Biandi uh, Bruno Provence uh, these 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 guys are really 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 good uh, and they're fitting into uh, into a system here um, so as we look and move on with the uh, with the division uh, there's some bubble teams at the bottom of the standings um, GM and Gonna just run through them real quick with you in a safe or in trouble uh, segment here. So, uh, if we look at the, pull up the standings, Eagle, please. Um, let's start with Fourth and Schlong. Are they safe or are they in trouble? So I think they're reg- relatively safe. They've, they've played all their games, so a lot of things have to happen for them to to get bumped out. I think their only real worry is who they're going to play. And depending on how all the other teams shuffle up, like that's the only worry I would attach to that. But they are relatively safe, I think. For the, for their playoffs spot, they're safe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, top season. Top season are two games out right now. So I I think that winning one out of the two, yeah. and there's definitely one more winnable than the other. They have Bassett and they have LBB. Uh, so even if they go one and one there, they finish five and five, and they're above this cluster of yeah. four yeah. and six teams. Yeah, so, so the, probably the lowest on the list, right, the list right now. So lowest in trouble or safest. Lowest in trouble, exactly. Yeah, yeah, safest, s- safest team, perfect. Uh, okay. The infantry. This this is a team that could be in trouble. So if JYD win out, JYD have the head to head over them, and I feel like this is the team that gets bumped mm-hmm. out in that case if mm-hmm. they lose. So uh, they they absolutely control their destiny from that perspective of 
if you don't want to have to worry about whether JYD went two out or not right. with your game this weekend. Yeah. Uh, next is never overtime here. Yeah. Um, never. I don't know what to think of this because never <laughs> I, I know. One of the yeah. teams that beat backyard bullies. Um, uh, so they're playing primal. That's not going to be an easy game. No, uh, I, yeah, I, I think that Eagle, if you don't mind just looking up the, the previous few games for, for never overtime where they've been on a bit of a tear, I don't think that they've faced the same caliber teams as, as I mean, primal they, they faced sharks. One of the top five teams in the division, beat them 40 to 34, uh, lost to fourth and schlong by one point, very tight game there, 32, 31 loss. And ended up beating uh, backyard bullies. Uh, your yeah, team there again, uh, one possession. Yeah, three. So they've also been demolished by multiple teams multiple times early on. Yeah, yeah. Even more recently too, but not really. Not as much. Yeah. Not really. Uh, they beat Trap Stars by four. Uh, beat uh, Sharks by six. Uh, lost by one to fourth inch long and one by three. So, I mean, their last month have been all one-score games. Yeah, but I remember if we go back a couple weeks, a couple of these games were they scored at the end of the game sure. to make it like more close, okay. but essentially, but it wasn't okay. actually a close oh, like, game. To garbage time uh, Yeah, I think it was points? a little bit of that, yeah. Perhaps. Okay. So they ended their... It's not bad. They're but... ending their season uh, right now, like, what, four and one, I believe? So, oh, yeah, they've definitely made a run yeah. in, like, week seven and eight to get back into the standings. So, sure. safe or in trouble? I think they're in trouble for PA. Uh, yeah, hi highest concern for me. I, I think probably the, the closest to in trouble. Okay. And then uh, we have two more teams. We have JYD. I mean, that's that's up to them. This isn't a, a safe or in trouble. They are the ones who control the destinies of most of everyone else. They have to beat Air Force 1.2 and Dirty Birds. Uh, <sighs> that's tough. Maybe. Um, depending on how much, like how much rush pressure that they can get on on Lonnie Johnson to get him to get the ball out quickly mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. reduce the damage that can be done like, downfield, um, and then just like controlling the pace of the game and not making mistakes on offense. Uh, Jordan Ross is going to have to play very, very close attention to and protect the ball. And protect, yeah, I think protect the ball is key. So, uh, slight deviation question. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, what are their chances of making the playoffs? Their chances are pretty high, actually. I would give them a 6, if not a 7. Like, okay. this, this is in, in your hands right now. I, I, it, it all comes yeah. down to if they have their rosters, if yeah. everyone is there, yeah. um, there's there's no reason they shouldn't. I think that it will it will probably come down to that Dirty Birds game. Like, yeah, um, we'll have a better better indication. Like, if if they if it's not close, like if if they lose to Air Force One, they're they're not making playoffs because right. I don't think that they'll be. If they can't beat Air Force One, they can't beat Dirty Birds. Right. Uh, or agreed. if they do, it might not yeah. even be enough. Right. And then Trap Stars got a huge win over Green Munch, eliminating Green Munch from the playoffs. Putting Trap Stars now in the 19th seed, what are their chances, or are they safe or in trouble? They're decently safe. They not only need both both wins from Junkyard Dogs, mm -hmm. but never overtime um, also have to if they lose, win for them. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, have right, to win right. for them to be knocked out. To get knocked out, yeah. So what are their chances on a scale of 1 to 10, real quick? 1 or 2. Um, so, like, I think that not just uh, no, no, of of being knocked out. Sorry. So, what are their chances of making their chance of making yes, or ninety percent, eighty or ninety percent? Yeah, yeah. That, like, I mean, I don't think that the stars will line up for both uh, a never overtime win against Primal 
and two junkyard dog wins. Like that's that's not odds I would take. Right. And then, Jim, we've been asking this question just for uh, the viewers out there to get to know all of our guests. You've been uh, guest four of four here. Uh, <coughs> sorry, asking a personal question. We asked the beach and pool. Um, but, GM, your summertime refreshment beverage uh, to cool you down post-game. Is it iced coffee? Is it fruit smoothie? A slightly frozen Gatorade of your choice that's like a slushy-like but still liquid. Uh, or a nice cold beer. <laughs> oh it's yeah um if oh. if we're outdoors yes it's gonna it's gonna be a beer um otherwise an ice iced coffee sounds phenomenal is second, second as well yeah why can't it be both why can't it be both yeah there's a lot of beers that are now uh uh, coffee. No, I, I mean like one of. I will have no, one I, of each. No, I know so that. As, I know that's what you meant. But I'm going with like the stout coffee stout beer. Would you have a coffee stout beer outdoors? I, I don't no, think that, that is yeah. that is the the opposite of refreshing. That's taking two good things that are uniquely good on their own and trying to combine them together, and that does not get you the refreshment that you want. In fact, it does the opposite. I I would tend to agree with that. That's more of a winter beer. This question was purely a summertime refreshment beverage to cool you down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. GM, uh, thank you very much for joining the show. I apologize for the uh, the tardiness. The Mexican standoff with Jose was uh, was was uh, yes the contributing factor there. Uh, thank you again, GM, and uh, I wish you a good night. Likewise, take care, guys. Thank you. All right, peace. Bye. And if you would like to have your time on this show, feel free to reach out to us. We are <laughs> wonderful people. Uh, we would like us. Shut up. It's going away. <laughs> Uh, we are wonderful people. We'd like to talk with you. You love talking flag football. Why yeah. the hell do you think we come out here, talk two hours, three hours uh, every week? We obviously love talking flag, so reach out to us. If you're watching this video right now, you, the listener, the viewer, pause this video right now. Send me a message. Well, well if no, you if, pause, if they paused it, they wouldn't have heard this. <laughs> then they wouldn't have heard this. But, so don't pause the video just yet. Listen. Too late. It's been done. <laughs> Game over, man. No, pay full attention. And when you're done this, when I'm done speaking this segment, then reach out to me on my socials. My socials right there. It's right underneath my name. And your socials could be right here next to the silhouette of your face. Exactly. Hopefully and, no question mark on and, it. And, and just reach out. We're, we're cool people. We just want to talk flag. Uh, if you have something to say about your team, about, uh, about anything flag related, we, uh, we definitely want you on the show. Uh, the Fall Cup is going to be somewhat like the show. Uh, but hopefully we can have some people uh, in studio. So if you want to be that person, reach out to me. And I do have something else to say. Oh, yes. What's up? Games of the week. Hey, there All we right. go. Let's go through this. Uh, although, let me remove the other thing that's here and replace it with a yes. person. There All right. Go. We're going to go through these. Yep. Uh, Iggy, it's just yeah, you. Just I'm not picking games, so you can go through yeah, these. Just me. Division A, uh, we have KGP hashtag NR. Give me KGP to make it in, baby. And bless up the Jamesons. I just think Jamesons are too strong. I'm sorry, bless up. I think you missed the playoffs, but Jamesons. All right, co-ed division two, Les Marchands de Vitesse, plenty of fish. Me, P-O-F. And easy fun, block party. Uh, give me easy fun for that one. All right, co-ed division three, free agents, dream killers. Uh, free agents win, give themselves a chance to make the playoffs. Drink team, Tigres. Uh, drink team. And we love big TDs, Les Strumpf. I'll go big TDs. 
Fast and Not Furious 3, Kamikaze. Let's go FNF 3. And 1 and Niners, Michael Scott's Tots. Let's go 1 and Niners, go 9 and 1. All right. Women's Division 1 and 2, Wolfpack Sub-Zero. Let's go Sub-Zero. Blue Thunder, BIT. Uh, let's go Bit. After the loss, they come back. Let's go Bit. Supernova, X and X. Uh, X and X are, have been on a tear here, but I got to go Supernova by one. And The Rock, touchdown for what? Uh, give me The Rock. After not having a, a lineup, they suffered a one-point loss. Give me The Rock. All right. Division D, save the turf kills, let Renard Viff. I will go Renard Viff with this one. DNE, Big Dracos. I'll go Big Dracos. Balls deep, the root sacks. Uh, that should be a good matchup, and I'll take the Root Sacks by one point. Dilf Gang, Longhorns. I'll go Dilf Gang. Glory Boys, X-Men. I'll go X-Men. Red Dragons, Blitz Sisters. I'll go Red Dragons. Blues, Studs Are Us. I will go Studs Are Us. Born in the 80s, The Penetrators. I'll go, this is, yeah, like we said with Willpower, it should be a very good game. Oh, man. Tie game. Tie game 26-26. Wow. Shame. Flagtastic, Big Fat Bats. I'll go Big Fat Bats. All right, Division E, Les Habitations BR, Texas Wales. I'll go Texas Wales. Bend, Don't Break, Minkia FT. I'll go Minkia by three points. Bloodline, who day? Uh, who day? Show me them TDs, cover three inches long. Uh, show me them TDs. Prime time, only flags. I'll go prime time. And Pasta Arabiat Satrial. Uh, the Battle of Italians here. I'll go Satrial, actually. I'll go Satrial that one. All right. Division B, Mangoose, run it once. Uh, I like Mangoose putting up more points, uh, by again, by one. And Beer Belly Brigade, B Raves. I'll go B Raves. Lastly, Division C, Top Season, Les Bleu Branleurs. Top Season. Besset et Pot, Kiss My In Laws. I can't pick it. So no picks. Dirty Birds, Junkyard Dogs. I'll go. Yeah, that was just what we talked about with GM here. Good game. Give me Dirty Birds by two. And last game, we're going to pick Game Changers, the Infantry. The final one of the regular season. Uh, is it by time-wise? Well, yeah. Probably, be, actually, it, yeah. Yeah, this is the Sunday's, last. Yeah, 10 o'clock. The last one. Uh, and the last one of the division of the night and everything. Uh... Give me game changers for that one after not having played for a month. All right. What's happening with the music? We actually finished the whole oh, yeah. picks on a single play of the track, which I, is quite fantastic. Cool. Yeah. Which makes sense because half one. the picks aren't in. But I talked a bit. A little bit. But it was good. Um, for anyone who's currently on the playoff bubble or doesn't know exactly if they're going to make it in or not because of all the tie breaks, we get the scores onto the site ASAP after the games are done. We try and process everything as quickly as we can. So hopefully Monday morning we'll have the standings, the playoff breakdowns uh, all set up properly. Yes. And then we'll have the schedule in place so that we can get started as fast Tuesday, as possible. Which is Tuesday. So expect that schedule to come out for Monday night. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there are also, quickly, uh, your Nike shorts with pockets. No longer have pockets, so I will get those out to you. Uh, Eagle, god damn, we did it. We had a lot of guests on the show. Thanks to Marvin. Thanks to Will Power. Thanks to Brent Botkin, the shirtless Brett Botkin, and GM Colethris, of course. Eagle, thank you. And I love it. And Iggy, thank me. 
Hey, good job. Thank you.